Everything you told Striker. We don't know, but it comes up out of the basketball court. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast. And this week we are covering X-Men 2, the uh, sequel to the first X-Men movie. How are you today, Gary? I'm doing all right. Uh, doing all right. We're good, just to date this, we're recording this on the, the morning that Betsy Devos was confirmed. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, I got over my initial, like, my morning ritual of waking up, uh, hating everything. And uh, am now calmed down. Wake up, check Twitter, try to drown yourself in the sink, fail, yep. go to work, check Twitter. <laughs> like this Wake up, <laughs> something, 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 make up, yeah. something, 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 because I don't want to do. No, um, not at all. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's extremely bad, but you know, it's all, it's all extremely bad. I don't really know a way out. Um, but and it's funny because X-Men two kind of has some overtones. Like as we, as we saw at the beginning of season two with the animated series, like there's some, there's some conversations in here that sound like, well, you know what the government's going to do. They're just going to want to arrest everybody that looks a certain way. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Oh shit, this is a little too real. <laughs> Everything is too real now. That's true. It's bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's just, you know, just playing stuff that doesn't, doesn't seem like it has, uh, anything to do with anything. And just being like, God, this is resonant because we're living in nightmare times. Yeah, it's um, it's <laughs> there's just no escape from it. Like uh, Twitter used to be like just a fun thing that I would do, right? Like that used to be a fun thing, and now I feel like if I'm not campaigning on behalf of the ACLU, then I'm fucking up with my life <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of miserable. But fortunately, X Men Two is a great movie, and uh, it took away the the pain of the real world for approximately two hours last night. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is. You could do do a thousand things worse with your time than watch this. If anyone's listening to this who has not seen this movie, like, and you have any interest in superhero movies, uh, or X-Men, you know, X-Men specifically, but superhero movies at all, like, this was the, I think this is the first great superhero movie. Um, you know, because prior to this was X-Men 1 and Spider-Man 1, uh, I think had come out before this, and both of those are movies I like. Um, and I even have some affection for Blade, uh, you know, things like that. But this is the first, I think, great great superhero movie i like uh i remember liking spider-man one a whole lot i haven't seen that movie again in a lot of in a lot of years so you know thinking now like uh some of the scenes seemed cringeworthy but i you know i don't think we'd ever do it for this show but i'd like to go back to it at some point and take it take a look at it uh blade though remains like i don't care how stupid it is it's also badass so yeah no but, but I'm, I'm waiting the day walker um <laughs> the day walker you know, gary the day walker you, you know that that wesley snipes more or less like tweets as blade right oh yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> it's good stuff those little sunglasses he puts at the end of things when he's <laughs> when he's talking as the half vampire he played <laughs> that he played um, 20, you know, years, 20 ago. years ago yeah <laughs> it's so good it's so funny um, man it's so good god bless and, celebrity and like, twitter to, to be fair like i really like spider-man one um you know but it's just it's uh this is i feel like this is next level this feels modern and paced uh similar like a like a like a more like a thriller kind of action movie pacing it reminds me a lot of um captain america 2 in that like you're just like oh this doesn't feel like a you know a superhero movie this feels like a really modern kind of fast-paced action movie in a lot of ways 
Captain America two. I haven't actually made a list and haven't really put any thought into it, but that's that's easily in my top like three favorite superhero movies. Like it's just uh-huh. because it's barely a superhero movie. Like if you didn't have Falcon in it flying around with like mechanical wings, that, yeah, it's just a, a really slick spy movie. Like I can get my yeah, that, so. it's really good. And like I actually and I loved uh, Captain America three as well. It's weird how that has turned out to be out of the the actual Marvel franchises, the one I think with the highest batting average. When I think Captain America one is pretty bad, um, but I like two and three a whole lot. I like Captain America one if you uh, put it right after Captain America two. Like if you watch two and then go to one and then watch three, like I actually think that makes more sense. Like because you already yeah. have, because you have the context of those characters. Also, I'm just really tired of World War Two movies or World War One movies. <laughs> like I just I couldn't like I know I, I, look I hate Nazis and it's it's okay to punch a Nazi in the face, but I don't want to see that on TV anymore. Like I'm I'm kind of done with like old school. Like, it's it's, it's a pretty boring movies. yeah yeah pretty pretty boring setting at this point. Um, not a tell, me about, uh, tell me about X-Men 2. 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, and X-Men 2, a, uh, the X-Men band together to find a mutant assassin who has made an attempt on the president's life while the mutant academy is attacked by military forces, uh, is the official synopsis from something or other that is active. Um, and this is, uh, directed by Brian Singer, same person who directed the first one, uh, writers Zach Penn and David Hayter. Um, there are more people. We wrote it. This was written by like a lot of people and went through like a billion passes, which is another reason it's kind of a miracle that it turned out okay. Yeah, um, it really is. This is written over and over and over, but like it's really good. There aren't like a lot of choices I would have made differently in this. Um, yeah. Me, me either. Like all of this, this whole movie pretty much works. And the, one of my favorite things about it, and um, it, the more I watch it, the more I, I get more and more into it, is the fact that they, the team, is continually split up, and uh, all of these like different plot lines, which is going to make it like hell to talk about. By the way, we're going to be bouncing around all over yeah. the place. <laughs> but um, the, you know, all of these like little plot lines, none of them are really you know floated to the top more. Like none of them are the primary plot line versus like a secondary plot line. They're all pretty important. They all tie up at the end, and everybody comes together. But it balances that really easily. Like it's like I said, it's gonna be difficult to talk about. But actually, actually watching it, like it moves and it's slick and it jumps from scene to scene, and you don't really feel lost or confused. Like it's it's just fun. Like it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah, it's it's really fun, and it's also um, you know it doesn't it lets lets the audience kind of spell some things out for themselves. You know, like it doesn't stop and do exposition constantly like there's some some exposition that's you know probably a little bit clumsier than it needs to be but that's kind of uh, something that happens in superhero movies all the time where characters have to kind of explain things to the audience and uh it's it's has a, like a certain kind of faith in the audience and then a phrase that i i think i um i've used it before on podcast stuff and i remembered this morning when i was thinking about this movie where i picked it up um it was the av club review for uh the second batman movie for for the the dark knight where they called it uh unapologetically complex Okay. And uh, that's what I kind of feel about this, where it's like kind of unapologetically complex. There are a lot of different kind of teams or, or factions or whatever motivations going on, you know, and a lot of things you kind of have to keep in mind. It's not Shakespeare or anything. It's not like Finnegan's Wake. Um, but for a superhero action movie, it's a little bit more sophisticated than, say, like Ant-Man, which is just, you know, he likes his kids and he's going to be a criminal and there's a bad guy who wants to liquefy people for no reason that i can tell <laughs> you know like there's a ball who doesn't mind people getting turned into sludge let's stop him let's spend you know? 20 minutes talking about how great Ant-Man is now that we're here let's go ahead and get into like that Ant-Man. but um so this this movie starts out with uh, patrick stewart uh doing his kind of uh his pontificating that he did like at the beginning yeah. um this time he's talking about evolution of course and uh we we have our dna wipes you yeah. know that we're go- going through the dna 
And we also get some like cerebro action this time. So like we get the floaty DNA strands and that goes into some cerebro and then um we go right to the White House where uh like this chick is like giving a tour and like making some like we accept everybody and anybody and I'm like, Oh my god. Lincoln only knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um and we have this guy, this kind of this weirdo who's got his head down. Uh, he's kind of got some face makeup. You can't really see it. And uh, really, I, I noticed this this time. Um, he's standing under – he walks by portraits of presidents who have been assassinated. Yes. Uh, so he walks by Lincoln and JFK. Um, and uh, this is the uh, – you know, this this movie, you know, these movies tend to be based around a couple different actions. We talked about this in X-Men 1, how there are three. There are like three tentpole scenes mm-hmm. in that movie. This movie has like four of them, and they're astounding. Like they're all Seriously. really good. And it, and it opens with one, which is great. That's the the strength when you have done all your exposition already, um, with this Nightcrawler White House attack. And this is so fucking cool. It's really. Um, I mean, I've had a hard time taking notes about it. I don't. And I don't even think you need to move like step by step. But just like it's the best thing that Nike, they could have done with a Nightcrawler scene. It is just fantastically like it's fast it's quick like it's so cool it's some of the best use of nightcrawler's powers that i've ever seen yeah yeah it makes um, it makes it scary like you you it seems like a non kind of a non-combat based power and in a comic where you're looking at individual still images it's kind of hard to see what this would look like in real life um and this is this is what it would look like and it's just so imaginative and cool so we um, see we see Nightcrawler go through, and he's he's kind of almost instantly spotted by one of the Secret Service guys, and you know there's an intruder. Guards rush in to protect the president, and then Nightcrawler basically starts teleporting and running all over the place, and just owning every single one of these security guards, like just I mean Secret Service agents, just teleporting behind them, and then like whipping them around with his tail, teleporting in and out while he's running directly at somebody, and they're shooting at him. So so he you know the bullets miss him, which like damn Nightcrawler, <laughs> that's yeah he's got brass balls, man. Yeah, and that's it's, that's uh, some timing. <laughs> no, it's uh, and they're they're playing this like Wagnerian opera under yeah. you know to mm-hmm. it, which is like which is great. Um, he eventually gets in. You know, the president's cowering. They don't know what it is. They don't know. They think there are multiple targets because he's jumping around. Like it's really portraying the kind of confusion that happens during a, a nat- natural uh, national security disaster kind of thing. Um, eventually, he gets into the Oval Office. He takes everybody out. And he holds the president down. And he's going to stab him. He pulls his his knife out with his tail. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't uh, double tap like one of the uh, unfortunately, like I don't want this president to die. Um, but the uh, <laughs> it's not their fault, man. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I don't you know, uh, not all hashtag, not all presidents <laughs> and not um, all secret service agents. <laughs> yeah, the, um, but one of them doesn't get, uh, you know, gets to pull out a gun and shoots Nightcrawler. He teleports away where I don't know, because it becomes a plot point later that he can't teleport places he can't see. But uh, let's just let that go and uh, for now and say that, you know, teleports scene- outside. The scene right before this, too, where he's taking out all the guards inside the the Oval Office is, like, it's one of these very, very, like, huge special effects scenes. Like, he's teleporting all over the place, and I've never picked it up until just recently, but this is a very clear ancestor of the Quicksilver scenes we'll get in the the most recent ones, where, you know, time slows down, and, like, so we get these, like really fast things that are probably all happening in about five seconds, but it takes about 45 for the camera to show you them. And it's just so, so amazing. I I just, I can't, I remember seeing this in the theaters and just being blown away and thinking, yep, okay, this is it. They finally did it. <laughs> I yeah, can't believe and, X-Men and is just, this good. And and not to, uh, you know, not to toot this, you know, blow this horn too hard, but like Quicksilver is another character whose powers never really came across that well on the, on the page. 
you know, like movement and kind of uh, position, you know, blocking based powers are hard to portray with still images. Mm-hmm. And between uh, Quicksilver and the new ones and Nightcrawler and this one, they have finally figured out like, and this like weirdly informed my comics reading where like Nightcrawler would be in a fight. And even if there wasn't showing it, I was imagining him doing this cool shit. You know, when I read comics, so they always like Nightcrawler a lot. This um, just makes me very hopeful for the eventual New Mutants Sam Guthrie cannonball scene in which he just. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like, when don't you want to see this? High and vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Um, way into it. Uh, so then we we shoot over to uh, to Canada. Um, it's doing the same thing that their first X Men movie did. And this is a Brian Singer thing where it's you know just kind of cutting from individual little vignettes. Yep. Um, and uh, Wolverine's walking around looking for Heather from Alpha Flight. I saw and just walking around. Notes, but yeah, he's Heather! definitely Heather. Heather. <laughs> Um. Uh, this is good and he like walks around he's at alkali lake uh which is you know where we're going to end up in the movie but uh, for right now he he doesn't like do a whole lot of exploring he just looks out and is like oh this place is a dump i'm gonna leave um and And then like he starts it's a cliffhanger from x-men one at the end of it then it's implied that professor x showed him where he came from yeah yeah and uh, they do this weird wipe with like a wolf howl, and then they they like kind of just fade his face out onto a wolf's face, like a like a yeah. <laughs> he he gives that wolf like a, a real like, come on, buddy, let me pass. Like he just, it's, it's just really like weird. Don't, don't got change. Like can't pay for parking. Uh, kind of, and the wolf's like, all right, buddy, you're you're good. You're one of us. Um, it's very funny. Yeah, the uh, our our ex our X Men team is are at the museum, um, and they're like taking all of their ex babies out to you know go look at the world or whatever. Uh, and like actually, I kind of dig this because for just a hot second, they're actually pretending to be teachers and instructors yeah. to some degree. Like, <laughs> and it, it won't last long, but like for for a good six minutes in this movie, like they were instructing some teenage or some kids and some teenagers, which is fun. Yeah, and we get a, a leech cameo. Uh, leech sticks out his weird little forked tongue. Yep. And he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be in there later too, which is which yeah, is nice. It's Chekhov's leech. Chekhov's um, leech. <laughs> if leech appears in Act One, it must fire by Act Three. The um, so yeah, it's it's cool. They're teaching about evolution. They're doing the same thing. The thing where education is like uh, has really heavy handed parallels with real life, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of a bummer. Um, but it just it is them just kind of interacting. Uh, Gene and Scott are really kind of comfortable and and cute together. Yep. Here. Like, I really like it. Like, he kind of looks over and she gives him a smile, like a really, like, comfortable, you know, non-specific smile that I like. Famka, proven again, like, she's probably my favorite Jean Grey that's been on screen so far. Yeah, like, she's she, great. Just, just amazing. Yeah. Uh, but she starts having, like, some some issues. Like, she starts getting a headache. And uh, I didn't I didn't know this, and apologies for ripping off the IMDb trivia page, but uh, when she starts hearing things, it's very obvious that she's, like, hearing thoughts from the people that are in this museum with her. But uh, but she also like there's some there's some audio in there that's going to happen like that's that people are going to say later in the movie like so she her some some burgeoning psychic powers are starting to happen here which I thought was kind of a cool touch like that's that's mm-hmm. a neat neat little effect I didn't I didn't never pick up on that yeah yeah um, and then she's something's going wrong um, down in the food court the kind of older kids the cool kids <laughs> the food Ice court Rogue of the and- museum. <laughs> Oh, th- those things! Those things exist. I saw that in the note that you have. The yeah, if you go to the the Science and Industry Museum here, you can go and uh, you can go get some pizza and a little food court. And then when uh, me and Cole did the thing at Kosai, mm-hmm. uh, there was one. So at, like oh, a Science weird. and Industry okay. Museum, there's there's a there's a food food place that serves like terrible. I just spend all my time at an art museum, so I guess I wouldn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't study science. <laughs> I'm, I'm too haughty for that. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But, so yeah, Pyro so is like messing with the locals. Yeah, it's Pyro, Rogue, and Iceman. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Some, some locals are like, hey, give me your lighter, and Pyro's being a dick about it. Um, and then finally, one of them snatches it from him, lights a cigarette, and that's where uh, Pyro like blows up this dude's cigarette, um, which is, yeah. hey, that's probably not, like that could put out an eye, Pyro. <laughs> that's yeah. not cool. <laughs> that's well, he's, not a he's, good thing to do. He's an evil mutant. Oh. Um, I, I actually think that the actor who plays Pyro is really good. I do too. I like him. Um, the, yeah. the part where he snaps in this, uh, I think, is actually kind of awesome um, and on revisit. Um, yeah, and and you know, everyone's like, "Hey, you know, this is this is too far." You know, Rogue and Iceman, who are the good guys, uh, Iceman puts him out, and then uh, Professor X uh, freezes, slows down their perception, kind of freezes everyone's uh, mind. You know, it doesn't actually time doesn't freeze, but you know, downtime. And uh, Professor X kind of comes in and is just like, "Hey, next time you're thinking about doing that, fucking don't." Yeah. Uh, you know, this is not okay. You're going to get expelled. I am Professor X and I will destroy you. This is one of those things that Professor X does a couple of times in the movie and uh it it just just don't think about it too hard. Like you don't want to try to pick at it. Like it it's so cool looking and it's very effective, but the moment you like try to really think about like the ramifications of it, the whole thing just breaks in my mind. So yeah. I just like click the brain off and I'm like, dude, did you see what Xavier did? That shit is dope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he could have just made him invisible, which is like his usual move. Sure. You yeah. Know, like disappear. You can't see him, but mm-hmm. this is a cooler visual trick than that. Um, and uh, then they, on the news, uh, they, they find out the same way everybody does. There's been an attack on the president uh, that's suspected to be a mutant. And they're like, oh, shit, let's go back to the school. And I love, like, Scott immediately, I think it's Magneto. Really? It's he, not Gene! The, the, the only supervillain that, he, yeah. <laughs> that you've ever met? <laughs> to, to be fair, like, that does kind of make sense. You know, if you only know one supervillain. If you only know one supervillain, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Xavier, like it says, like, you know, even though Eric could be capable of doing this from his plastic prison, there's no, there's really no reason for him to, which, like, the, the amount of esteem that Xavier holds <clears throat> Magnino in is just, like, crazy to me. I know they're, like, best friends from old times, and especially, like, the Days of Future Past movies are going to kind of cement that and show, like, build that respect up, which is kind of cool, but man, like, oh yeah, he'd be totally capable of doing this, but he wouldn't want to. Yeah, <laughs> all I, right, I all right. trust him not to. Even then, though, like, if you if you think of that as kind of, like, uh, like, imagine X-Men 3 was good. Um, you can kind of consider Professor Xavier's respect for Magneto kind of be his fatal flaw, because he could have prevented all that shit where Magneto... You know, takes advantage of the Phoenix Force to do fucked up shit. Um, the uh, in contrast, uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto's relationship in these movies with the shit that Captain America lets Bucky get away with <laughs> in, in, in those movies, where it's just yeah, like, seriously. like I get that you you're a single issue voter, and that that issue is Bucky. Like, I get it, but you know, I, man, how many people did he kill when you bust him out of prison, dog? Like. Yeah, so, you know, some of this is Why on do you. Want you. Him out? Some yeah, of like this is, is on you. And and this this is just a much better articulation of that, I think. Um, and uh, so when when they're discussing this, the mutant registration act comes up. Uh, the president is going like hard on anti on mutants because a mutant attacked him. Of course, it is uh you know it is again shades of reality. Yeah, and still just can't believe that it took me so long to connect MRA versus Mutant Registration Act. Like, just <laughs> the fact that I came to that knowledge on this show, on this podcast, is just ridiculous. Um, but Xavier has been tracking this the the mutant assassin and, and is having some difficulty because his his movement is erratic, which we know is obviously because he's a teleporter. Uh, yeah. Back to the Oval Office, we are introduced to William Stryker, who I absolutely adore as a villain. Brian Cox is so good. God damn, he's great. Like, Gary, this is just so much fun to watch. Have you watched uh, Manhunter before? 
Yes. Yeah, the original version where mm-hmm. he's uh, Hannibal Lecter. That's really good, too. Yep. Uh, Brian Cox is, is incredible. He's great in Deadwood, even though he's like a character I don't want to have be there. He's still very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Cox is awesome, and he's really good at this. Yeah, he uh, just exudes, like, professional villainy in a way that, like, yeah. not none of the... And he does get a little bit over the top towards the end, like, uh, not towards the end, but towards the kind of the beginning of the end. I feel like he goes a little too into that villainous, but, like, right here, he's just, like, cold, methodical, and scary. Like, I, this is a guy I definitely don't want in charge. Yeah. And and again, just uh, for people who you have to watch the first one, Senator Kelly is there, and we know that's Mystique. Yep. So she's been living this this double life, and I really like the way that that actor... Uh, portrays Kelly as Mystique as well. He, he you know, kind of like, walks like a little more feminine than he normally would. I think. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a there's a physicality that's different, and just mm-hmm. his his mannerism. Like he's not giving it away. He's not just like we will help the mutants. You know, he's turned into like a uh, like a quizzling, you know, kind of uh, a weak willed, uh, uh, you know, kind of kind of left wing guy, uh, but not like strong left because it would seem too weird. You know. Absolutely. Uh, Stryker and, and, has yeah. some pictures, some, some like aerial photos of the Xavier mansion of the jet coming out of the ground. And it's trying to convince the president like, Hey, we need to, we need to have a, like a proactive raid on this. Like this is ridiculous that there's a training, a mutant training facility, you know, in upstate New York, like right, right in our backyard, basically. And we don't know anything about it. Um, yeah. They asked, which is they, like fair enough. Like, sure. Xavier, yeah. I mean, we, we talked about the X-Men are terrorists, like at 100% you know, they, they shouldn't have a private jet. Like it's <laughs> under the basketball court. It's, you know, it should be investigated, but, and the president is just like, listen, go in, ask questions and stuff, but we don't need a dead kid on the six o'clock news. And Stryker's just like, yeah, fuck that. I'm gonna do whatever I want. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. like he Stryker does gives no fucks. fucks. He just needs like the, just the barest like whisper of an approval stamp on this thing before he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to. Yeah. Um, it's it's important to mention that Stryker has gotten this from interrogating who he refers to as one of the mutants they've captured, but is but is actually Magneto. Um, and of yeah. course, Senator Kelly is like, oh wait, can Eric? I can Eric, I can, Eric I, yeah, can yeah. I get in there and see him? <laughs> Which is yeah, like, just, no. And 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 Stryker shuts that down in in a really believable, reasonable way too. Like it's on a zoo, you know. Like what what do you mean? Can you go see him? Uh, well, and he even says something like, you know that. Um, Kelly responds, uh, or Mystique as Kelly responds to that of, of like, what, what are you talking about? This? Do you, you want to be, some, you know, do you want to have this turn into some sort of war? And like, <laughs> Stryker just basically says, like, I was piloting black ops missions in the jungles of North Vietnam, where you were sucking on your mama's tit at Woodstock, Kelly. Don't lecture me about war. This already is a war. Like, yeah, like way to infiltrate somebody, and also like you know make them a hippie at the same time. Like you're yeah. not only are you an infant, you're a hippie infant. Yeah, just somehow yeah. more damaging. Uh, there, there's uh, also some foreshadowing here too, because Lady Deathstrike is uh, Striker's uh, kind of bodyguard, um, and like she's like cracking her knuckles when she shakes hands with Senator Kelly. Like Senator Kelly's like, ah, oh, hell of a grip you got there, and like rubs his hand for the rest of the scene. Because uh, you know Lady Deathstrike has super strength, um, and this is the the successful articulation of Lady Deathstrike, which is just like a brainwashed lady. Yep. There's there's no Mariko, there's no personality, there's no vengeance plot for her father. It's just she's just a thug, and that works for me. Sure. Um, I, I, she. I like everything. Every scene that she's in. Um, I don't really understand the knuckle cracking thing at all. Like I, I know that they're just kind of showing that like she has metal stuff in there, but like what's cracking? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, what is popping? Like, what is? It, but it doesn't matter. Let's just move on because, yeah. Well, the um, like when your knuckles pop, it's air bubbles mm-hmm. uh, in your joint. So maybe the fact that she has this like housing for those claws, 
Sure. There's yeah. kind of different spacing or something like that. Not to, you know, it does. I mean, it's, it's, it's silly. You were right. It is silly. Not to, to like, well, actually, like, where's my no prize? I, <laughs> I was about to just, damn it. Yeah. Stole the no prize joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that could be the case. Um, so anyway, so, so, you know, these kind of battle line, lines are drawn. Um, the, uh, we go back to the mansion. Yep. And, and our, uh, our, our buddies, uh, Bobby and rogue are, uh, you know, they're kind of thumb wrestling with each other, I think. And like, they they get that like very teen moment of like, Oh my God, we're going to kiss. But of course yep. they can't because Rogue would kill him. And uh, like Colossus, or we don't know him as Colossus yet, but very obvious Colossus is sitting there yes. like and drawing like funny pictures of them, which I thought was a nice touch. Yep. Again, this is going to be something that as we as we cover the movies, I'm going to keep coming back to. The more that I that they focus on X Men as kids, like the more entertained I am at these movies. Like I like adult X Men teams fighting supervillains. Don't get me wrong, but like I love all of this interaction with the kids in this movie. It's so good. Is by far the like the good part of Apocalypse. Easy of X Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Like was was just them pounding around and being kids and and Sophie Turner and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is pretty intolerable. <laughs> and not everything <laughs> else, but it's like you know it's it's a, movie with a lot of problems. We'll get to it eventually. Um, Wolverine shows up and Rogue is just like you know goes ape shit because you know she loves uh that's what Wolverine does. He collects little little wards. and uh, you know they kind of they kind of talk for a little bit. Storm comes downstairs because Storm has to be in the movie. Um, but you know, there's not, she doesn't get a good line or anything. No, no, but she, I mean, she sashays down those stairs though. Like yeah, she's, that's, that's true. <laughs> um, and then of course yeah. Jean arrives and, uh, whew, man, sexual tension between Jean and Logan are just going, is just not going to quit. Uh, like they're yep. just sharing significant looks at each other just constantly. Yep. Um, yep. that's the, uh, the guy that she thinks about when she's having sex with Cyclops. Yep. Think so. about the bad guy. Yep. <laughs> what is it? The uh, you versus the guy she warns you not to join the team, not to have in the yeah, team. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, you know, there's some fun stuff with Cyclops too. Cyclops shows up, and uh, that dynamic is always really good in the movies. Yeah, this 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 works really well. Like we talked about this when we covered the first one of um, like that scene where you know Cyclops is like, you know, if if I told if I had to tell you that you know to back off my girl, she wouldn't be my girl. But he goes in and tells her tells him anyway. Like this is kind of yeah. more of that. Like this is some some real tense back and forth there. But I, and I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, let's go to Magneto here and like one of the coolest set pieces and the scene of my like one of my other like favorite kind of minor scenes that comes a little bit later. Um, Magneto in this uh, pa- plastic prison. Um, he's reading the Once and Future King, um, you know, which is which is relevant and uh, again just kind of dignified. Like there's mm-hmm. you know Magneto is never undignified in the in these movies, um, which I really love. And, uh, and the the guard comes in, slams Magneto down, and that's when Stryker comes in and um, uses some sort of like you know plot juice on the back of his yeah. neck. <laughs> what a juice talk. <laughs> Um, and, and it just turns Magneto into like a, like a kind of compliant, like, you know, whatever. And then, you know, Stryker leans in and I love Brian Cox's delivery of this line. Like, tell me about the house that Xavier built. Like, this is such a great, like, that's just a great line. It, it's full of malice. And I, oh man, I love Stryker so much in this movie. <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to be sucking his dick the whole time. I just want to warn you. <laughs> he's, he's, he's really great. It's, it's also, we didn't really talk about this, but this is vaguely based on um, God loves man kills. Mm-hmm. And a character called Reverend Striker, who is a much more two-dimensional shitty villain. Like this is this is one of the few cases of a movie adaptation of something that makes the orig- is much better than the original. I think. Yeah. Um, have you ever read uh, Man Loves God Kills? I have. Or God mm-hmm. Loves Man Kills? Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's fine. It's like you know it's Claremont X Men, and it's a little bit darker than than 
you know most of the stuff he was doing at the time but i don't love it the same way i love this yeah same same um, this is you know not making a point about religion but it's just a much tighter cooler plot and the the changes they make to the characters of uh you know striker and very obviously who his son is and all the all of the yeah. stuff works for the plot so well like it gives everybody motivation to do most of the things that they do like everyone has a reason to be doing stuff like they have an obvious goal to be doing it like it just works very very well i think if you had tried to pull that story in with all of its you know component parts in place it w- it wouldn't have been nearly as effective Mm-mm. um so yeah so uh Xavier's still trying to find nightcrawler and yep. Logan comes down to go talk to him. They have some kind of fun back and forth as well. Logan, why are you smoking in a in a school? In a <laughs> like science it's, chamber? It's 2003. <laughs> like, you have no yeah. idea what Hank McCoy is doing down there with, like, gases. Like, you could blow the place up at any point. <laughs> he, could be, he could be spraying. <laughs> Never mind. So, I'm spray, get you mean just spraying himself? Like, just spraying, like, on the walls? <laughs> sure, yeah. Why mean, not? Like, that kind of spraying? Yeah. yeah. I assume he's fixed. The, um... So, so Xavier uh, kind of looks through, and they, this is they're showing the the Cerebro thing where it shows all the glowing uh, kind of dots, and uh, that's going to become important later. Um, that's really what the scene is about. Like this is setting up this for the climax, because um, otherwise the scene could definitely be cut. Um, and uh, you know, Logan says like, "Hey, uh, I didn't really find anything in Alkali Lake. Look in my mind more and help me find these answers." And uh, Xavier says, "You know, I can't, I can't do that. Like I've done as much as I can." Before we get too far away from the uh, CGI Cerebro stuff, I, I just want to say, like, I appreciate this stuff more than I do, like, we, we deal a lot of, like, the psychic plane in the, in the animated series, and I hate that stuff. But, like, all of this Cerebro stuff that they do in the movies really works for me for some reason. Like, I like the weird outlines, and I like, you know, here's all the humans, and then here's all the mutants. Like, for whatever reason, that stuff just, like, I'm like, yep, yep, this all works. This is all perfect. This is exactly the way I want it. Yeah, I think it looks really good. Yeah. And, uh, I, and it looks like, uh, it looks sciencey. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't look uh, magic or or astral. You know, it looks sciency. Um, he finally tracks down Nightcrawler and sends uh, Gene and Storm in the jet to Boston. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's when we go back to Washington, where Mystica's Kelly, Mystica as Senator Kelly, kind of breaks into this building and then turns into Eureka. Or I guess her name's not Eureka. Is it in the in this movie? It's just Deathstrike. Yeah. Just Deathstrike. Okay. Thought she, I thought she was named at some point, but maybe I was wrong. Uh, but she turns into Deathstrike and like breaks into uh, Senator Nope, not Senator Stryker's office to try to find some details. We, uh, we don't know what Stryker's position is. It's some kind of government. Yeah, we. They, 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 thankfully, they just don't even bother explaining it. Like whatever. <laughs> would you Would you vote for Senator Stryker? Stryker. <laughs> I mean, Senator Stryker. Is he an independent or is he a Democrat? He's running on the American Gladiator platform. Okay, well, I can get behind like, that. A kitten, I mean, Nerf can't be worse, right? Yeah. That's what we got now. <laughs> yeah. um, she kind of hacks into like this computer system, and I, and I like all of this stuff where Mystique like breaking into a place and using her shape shifting abilities or her like and her like voice replication stuff to to hack in, and she brings up like a list of computer stuff, and there's lots of like really really cool cameo stuff, to, like really you know, yeah, it's, it's, like you hear you see Gambit's name, you see uh, both of the Guthrie. You, you know, Siblings. if they open that Gambit folder, it'd just be dick pics that Gambit had sent Striker. 100%. Like, yeah. Why you just, don't want to come get Gambit? He a prob- mutant too. <laughs> Probably <laughs> that he sent to Death Strike, right? Not Death yeah, Striker. Like- <laughs> <laughs> you can call me anytime, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> like, you come capture me. Put a collar on Gambit. I know complain. <laughs> like- 
Uh, lots of lots of good stuff here. Uh, she finally finds like all of the specs to uh, Magneto's plastic prison, which is pretty cool. Oh, and um, be- before we get to that, too, I mm-hmm. just want to take a, a quick moment. Like those folders when they popped up on the screen in the theater, uh, me and all my friends went fucking ape shit. Oh yeah, like 100%. like is that like. One at first we were like, "Is that stuff going to show up in the movie?" Like, oh, hold on, is Omega Red going to show up in this this movie? <laughs> yeah, Whoa. are they going to do a multiple man? No way. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, and and just like we we all went nuts though the stuff we could see, and then we were, we it's only on the screen for a second, so it was one of the first things that when I got the DVD, I was like, "We got to get to that scene so I can pause it and read all those folders." Yep. You know, it was, just, it was a very like 2003 thing to do. I, did, I mean, I'm not ashamed to admit that I did that last night as I was watching this so I can make notes of who showed up. Like, I paused it and was like, okay, okay, that one, that one, that one. Um, there's also, like, as she's pulling up the prison, there's also, like, a reference to Franklin Richards, which I remember seeing in the movie theater and going like, oh, yeah, they're going to tie in the Fantastic Four. Hell yeah. yeah. And, oh, boy, did that not work out very well for anybody. Turns out there's no good Fantastic Four movies. And nope. there never will be. And there never uh, will be. <laughs> so, like, uh, thrice bitten, thrice shy. Um, so real Yuriko is on the way. She turns into a janitor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is what taught me the, the Spanish word for garbage, basuro, yeah. uh, here. Education and, uh, and entertainment. That's what we like to call yeah. this, these movies. Um, this is, this is pretty good. Like, I really like the whole tension thing that they build up for just a very small yeah. brief scene. Like, and, uh, they, they're going to, they're going to pull this off again at days of future past. Uh, but I, I can't help but think that, uh, Man, the more I watch these early X Men movies, like uh, Rebecca Romaine is just a I, maybe because she doesn't talk throughout like current Mystique does, but man, she's such a cooler Mystique than what we're getting nowadays. I think so too. Yeah. So back there in back in Boston, <laughs> Gene and Storm. Yeah. So there's a mutant on the run. They track him down to a church, and the first thing that they do, like they don't like investigate the place. Gene doesn't do like a mind read. They literally just <laughs> blow the door down <laughs> and and then step in and say, "We're not here to hurt you." <laughs> Well, to be fair, like this guy just tried to kill the president, so they they, they probably think that he is loaded for bear or he is hostile. But I you mean, know? like, there's so many different. I mean, and then then he doesn't respond after like they ask once. So Storm just like sends the lightning after him without a well, fucking care in the world. He tries to scare him. He goes around saying German words for demon and hell and stuff. Yeah. So but, he's like trying, like he's being a little aggro. The, the, your point, the reason why you have a good point is because Gene can, Gray can fucking read minds. Yeah. So, so <laughs> other than, like, if this the, had been Cyclops and Storm, like, they would have acted, this is the right way to act. And this but is something that you complain reason. about a lot, is them forgetting that they have powers, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. This, yeah this Gene, is, this Gene is Gray could take care of us. Uh, no. So they blow him out of the rooftop. Uh, he falls down, with Gene lightning. catches him and, with lightning. Yeah, and, they zap uh, him. They destroy his home and this old church. And <laughs> This is just kind of mean. And his story is that uh, he doesn't have any really mem- any real memory. Like he was at the church and then all of a sudden he kind of woke up at the, uh, I think at the White House and then like teleported his way back to safety, which was here. And uh, yeah. he kind of rolls over. Well, Storm starts like, I don't know if you have any scars on your body that might be visible. Like I don't, but I, can't, I know people that do. And I have never in my life. All my scars are invisible. Never, just, oh wow okay all right we're you, can't, gonna, you can't see my scars we're gonna get into that one later dear <laughs> put in a marker let's talk about it uh and we're back and that was good man that was good that was fun Thank i can't you. believe I really we went to twilight that. fan fiction at the end of there but whatever works <laughs> it, it's you get internal scars through lots of ways so 
Uh, but she's just start like Storm starts creepy rubbing on his on his chest. It's the, the Storm Nightcrawler dynamic in this is so obviously just to give Storm something to fucking do. Oh, I hate it so much. Every time <laughs> that she's on the screen, she's just so bored. Like they literally for the rest of the movie, outside of one specific thing, Kurt and Nightcrawler. Excuse me. Nightcrawler and Storm, anytime they talk, are just like kind of dragging the whole thing down, especially in a conversation with each other. You can basically yeah. just skip past those scenes if you wanted to. I, I mean, like, I actually like Nightcrawler in this, like yeah. visually yeah. and and the performance and stuff is 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 really good. The um, it's just the, all this time with the subtext that Storm wants to see his weird dick. <laughs> like you, you know that like it's on the tip of her tongue to ask if he's tattooed his dick. Yeah, like, that's the entire point of the scene. Is she's like, I, you know, do you have these scars it? everywhere? You got a you Prince know, like, Albert down there, or what? What do you, are, what do you carry? <laughs> are you done doing this? There's one for every sin. What sins? Like you can, you can see that she's just like fucking flooded basement for for this, and like it never adds up to anything. You know, like I, I kind of wish that like Halle Berry just walked up and been like, "Let me see your weird dick," and then got fired, and they replaced her with nothing, and then there just wasn't storm this week. <laughs> there just wasn't storm. Storm died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her, her plan needs her because um, she's yeah she's so bad in this. And it's not like she redeems herself in the third one or anything, um, or in X Men Apocalypse. She's the best in the X Men movies in X Men Apocalypse, and she's barely anything in that movie. She just has like a non annoying non annoying presence. That's exactly um, it. Um... Yeah. Meanwhile, we get to go back to the mansion where Logan has been set up as a kind of a babysitter while the rest of the team is out. Uh, we didn't mention it earlier, but Xavier and Cyclops are going to Washington to talk to an old friend. Um, yes. So Logan is, they literally leave like feral Logan in charge of <laughs> the entire school. <laughs> yeah, he's he's babysitting and he can't sleep. Uh, so yeah. he's walking around. You know, he's having nightmares because, and having nightmares of Stryker, which, you know, that's a little convenient that he happens to have Stryker, strike mares like this night but okay um i'm fine with it because we have to show that connection somehow mm-hmm. um or foreshadow it i guess and uh, he's walking around the school he's having these little interactions with these different kids um there's this little kid who changes the channels with his eyes who doesn't sleep uh that kid's great yep like that um, i when we were young we used to think this was quicksilver and he was like quickly moving to the change of the channel uh, yeah uh, that's cool I always thought, to, um, and we were just for whatever reason i thought it was the dude um uh, who's the guy that can talk to machines? Is that Cypher or um, Cypher can talk to Anything. like everything, including yeah. yeah so Cypher would have made sense. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like I, this movie came out when I was twenty three, so like I don't. <laughs> like, I don't no, know no, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was the worst. I was dumb. Um, <laughs> he runs into Bobby in the kitchen. Bobby can't sleep either because Bobby's got a raging like heart, heart on, and you know he's got an ice cold prick just waiting for someone to <laughs> jump on. <laughs> <laughs> he can't sleep because he's got this diamond cutter ice ice boy um and uh he, he cools down his beer it's like pretty cute you know pretty cute scene but uh there's a sense of dread immediately the, the tv show the little kid that this is the worst thing about these X-Men, early x-men movies even though i love them is the the background the educational material or background material just being too on the nose mm-hmm. because the the show the little kid is watching is a naked documentary where it's like while the parents are away the young are defenseless on autumn and i rolled our eyes at that so hard like we both like looked at each other we're like really like we know what's happening like there's a there's a guy in camo and like an automatic weapon yeah like you know we know what's what's gonna come um it does again though it is building tension in a cool way it's just like that's you know kind of a shitty shitty way to do it um actually the way these two scenes together build this tension is really great because um, this is cutting back and forth to Cyclops and uh, Xavier uh, in Washington visiting Magneto. How great is it that Mystique has been um, pretending to be Senator Kelly and is asking permission to get it into to see Eric? And 
Xavier, just I guess because he's a fucking billionaire, is just like, nope, I, I get access to this super secret prison, and I can bring my armed thug <laughs> with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea, no idea why. I also don't know why uh, Mystique doesn't just become that guard. Like, why Mystique's plan to get into the prison and do that results in one of the coolest scenes in the movie. But mm-hmm. couldn't she just become that guard and and I mean I guess she didn't want to inject the stuff into herself. Uh, yeah, but because Mystique the, can get the anywhere. Exit, yeah, the exit you know, strategy they, on on the, all the stuff that she injects didn't look particularly fun. Yeah, so maybe you know, that it, was it. it. Kills the guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but she can get anywhere. Like she's like, can, can I come in and see him? Like you could just turn into anybody. Yeah, you know, it, it's turn into weird. William Stryker. That seems like it'd be the very obvious thing. And like, I, oh I, yeah, I'm William Stryker. Of course I can bring metal in there. Whoops. I fucked I up. Now, now my name is Dirt. A, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there was a deleted scene or if it was in a draft of the script that she had planned this with Magneto. She had come in as the security guard. Because mm-hmm. Magneto knows exactly what happens when the shit goes down later. Or what happened. So maybe they did plan this. Maybe he came in as the security guard and then but they just don't show it, which is probably a good choice, but but we're not we're not quite there yet. Um, no, no, no. This is our first time or this is the first time we were seeing Xavier meet Magneto and it um it very quickly like well, first we get this whole conversation between uh, Magneto and Xavier, where about Stryker and about Stryker asking a bunch of questions. Magneto has told him everything, but there's also this stuff about Jason, Stryker's son, who was a student of Xavier's. Um, yeah, and as soon as I hear like Jason and sons, like my mind immediately goes to Legion, and they kind of set him up as a Legion esque character. They don't really lean all the way into it, but it's very much like psychic powers and things like that. And again. Mm-hmm. He's a mix between J- uh, Legion and then Jason Wingard, who plays um, mas- Mastermind, like the okay. illusionist, um, one okay. of the original members of the, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Because oh, yeah, later, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Striker's like the great illusionist. That's that and, he, uh, he does say that. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's it's, but he does kind of seem a little bit like like Legion as well. Um, he doesn't reveal that Striker's been there right away. They kind of have this verbal, you know, saber rattling back and forth with uh, Xavier kind of teasing him or Magneto kind of teasing him. But I love that. I love this performance though from uh from magneto because he's uh he's guilty like he does you know he feels bad about it like he's like i'm gonna give this guy shit because xavier's my enemy but i fucked up yeah you know and like the part where he breaks and he's like you know i'm sorry like that's so good like it's such a good performance and you know xavier like what did you do what have you told striker everything you know like what did you do is one of my favorite like dramatic moments that can happen in a thing mm-hmm. you know it just it just it just it's very good he's like well, i told him everything he's got ways of like he's listen, he's got he, he made me into a juice neck <laughs> you gave me some of that plot juice i gotta have more plot, I got juice. plot juice in my neck hole charles <laughs> charles plot juice in my neck hole charles <laughs> and uh I mean, we're going, I mean, we kind of, we're, again, this is going to be hard to talk about because we have two kind of bigger scenes, but, um, we go yeah. back let's, to, let's, the, uh, let's finish up the prison. Okay, cool. Because so, yeah. that's a, yeah, this is, there's only like one little, a couple more little scenes though. And then we can go and say everything that happens at the school. Um, Magneto kind of reveals his face, which has all been broken up. And that's when they get into the striker conversation. And, uh, I think he, he even tells, you know, Xavier, like the war has begun, Charles, the war has begun, Charles. I don't do a good Magneto, yeah. but, um, yeah. and like gas starts coming out. And then there's this scene with, uh, Cyclops and he just starts immediately kicking ass. Like this is a great Cyclops scene. He yeah, blasts yeah, yeah. Eureka across the room, which is fantastic. And then just beats the shit out of the guards, despite being like hit with whatever, um, trank. Like that trank. Been, yeah. Yeah. 
still does a good job until uh, Death Strike comes over and just basically kicks his ass with those like yeah. flippy, you know, I got to wrap my legs around your head thing that like all <laughs> women <laughs> action stars have move. to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's real great. Like Xavier knows what's happening at the school. He's like pounding on the glass, but there's nobody there to let him out. Um, really, really phenomenal. Uh, you know, and uh, there's actually they 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 shot a scene, but it's never been seen before of uh, a longer fight with between Cyclops and Deathstrike, where he uses two of those little plastic nightsticks. Oh, really? so they got like into a kung fu fight, and it got cut. And I'm glad it did because you know this makes more sense. Like Cyclops is not supposed to be a hand to hand combatant. Um, so we know shit's going down at the school. Um, we go back to the school and, uh, you know, Logan and, uh, Bobby or Logan and, uh, yeah, Logan and Bobby are kind of, um, you're kind of talking it out about rogue. You know, he's like, how do you guys, uh, uh, you know, do uh, it. You know what I mean? You know, like, do yeah. it. <laughs> Fucking, they left this guy in charge of a school, Gary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, you know, just, uh, I just, I'm just surprised. Like we didn't get a deleted scene where like, uh, Wolverine just explains the idea of dental dams to, <laughs> to Iceman. Have you ever <laughs> seen Naked Gun 33 and a third? Because you, what you're going to need is a full body condom. <laughs> yeah, like literally, like there are devices for this. Yeah, uh, like you can you can you can wear gloves and and finger a person, dude. Like it is. I'm not going to Google cheap. it, but I'm sure like there's probably a lot of porn out there for like fully clothed, like, you know, oh, sexual yeah. acts or whatever. Like that's got like to in, exist. Yeah. Fine dogs. Like you guys need to have like weird Mormon kid sex. Sure. Like yeah. it is, you know, like there's just, there's so many sexual options between Rogue and Bobby here. And like, if, if I knew one thing from being a teenager is that like life finds a fucking way, Seriously, <laughs> like, they would have figured out a way to make each other come. Uh, and they don't, and they don't no seem doubt. to have any kind of like direct supervision at all. So like, cause no. they, they could just go into each other's like giant like, ass. Wolverine's going to care. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey Logan, me, me and Rogue are going to experiment with sex games and Saran wrap for about 20 minutes. Don't knock. Uh, and <laughs> don't get her pregnant, bub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just like, you know, thumbs up, keep striking his beer. Like that's, you know, that's the, there's literally no way he can get it, get away with this. So I feel like it's a real failure of imagination. If there's one thing they're not teaching, at, at the the Xavier School, it's lateral thinking when it comes to come. Like, there's so many there's so many ways these two they should teach these two teenagers to you know make each other come all the time. Like it just should happen. It's, you know, just sex sex education. You know, and just like how to get around your soul sucking mutant powers. It really shows you uh, uh, what not having Emma Frost really does to an organization because you know she totally. would be in their brains. Emma Frost would have taught the them time. how to do it already. Oh yeah, Emma Frost would have like made them do it in their sleep, like put their heads together and like. <laughs> Just been like, I know you guys want this. I'm going to take like two seconds out of my day and give you everything you want and make yeah. you guys wake up in a mess. You know, like <laughs> if you guys promise to get AIDS, AIDS, not AIDS, AIDS <laughs> on your next whoa, test. Whoa, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> like, that's her plot. Uh, yeah, Generation X was a much more swing and hat in school. Um, yeah, yeah. The Hellions, the Hellions fucked. Like, <laughs> Did you, they? You take one look at Taro and and think that she doesn't fuck. I don't know what to tell you. Um. So uh, while this is happening, Logan looks out the back uh, back window and sees somebody coming into the school, like sees people running around outside, mm-hmm. uh, kind of coming in. Um, the uh, the channel change kid sees a guy kind of walk into the house and look at him. Uh, you know, he gets trank- uh, kind of tranked. And this begins like the second big action set piece 
uh, scene of this movie that's phenomenal, which is also super fucking great. Like, yeah. And there's so, the thing I love about this is we get so many cameos of very cool powers. Like yes. almost immediately, these dudes are uh, busting into dorm rooms and tranking kids in their sleep, and they try to do that to this one girl, and she just falls through her bed. Like excellent yeah. kitty pod cameo. She like goes to the to the floor below her, and like there's more guard securities. Uh, more kidnappers there and she like runs through another wall and like all of this stuff is really good anytime kitty prod shows up i'm kind of getting pretty excited so well, and not that and kind they, of excited they, just you know it's it's kind of uh it's plot important too so all the kids who resist are the ones with like useful powers mm-hmm. um they can't get caught because then they would be able to escape from where they ultimately end up like you couldn't take kitty pride to alkali lake she just walks through the fucking walls mm-hmm. uh you know so they they have to the people who can fight actually escape it's like the little kids who don't know how to do shit who don't for the most they part. wake up uh they like bust in on uh i guess it's it's not is it siren here yeah because banshee is siren's dad am i saying that right yes yeah yeah okay. banshee banshee is uh, a dude yeah and siren is a girl and siren has the same powers so she wakes up and she starts like screeching which throws everybody off yeah um, and then finally like one of the dudes in the room finally tranks her so that everybody can start fighting again but she like she just knocks down basically the entire mansion which i love the idea of like this little kid being able to basically just debilitate an armed security force wolverine <laughs> and everybody yeah. else in the building like that's super good yeah um they come in for uh for colossus as well uh, at this point where like, you know, they, they come in and then uh, he, he walks up, they start trying to shoot him and he just turns metals up and then it switches to a side shot of the hallway and they fly out of the hallway. Fucking um, great, man. This it's, 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 it's super, super good. And during this whole time, we're getting really good Wolverine action. Like he's just fucking shit up and, and using like tactics and stuff. There's a part where like he stands, but he's like crouched on the ground near a hallway and a guy puts his shoe, yeah. like walks up and he like just stabs his foot to distract him and then like fucks him up. Like, it's really, really good. And he is like no mercy, like slaughtering these dudes. Yeah. Just just like claws out shredding them, which is so much fun to watch. Like it's really like that's one of the things you want to see Wolverine do is go like fucking berserk. And like this whole scene, he's basically insane throughout. And and honestly, it's it's not the same storyline or anything. But the thing that I feel like this is kind of recalling uh, is the uh, Hellfire Club infiltration from the Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, saga which is like one of the first times wolverine is able to just go fucking all out in the comics and is a really famous action scene and this kind of feels a little bit like that because it's like these are people but he's like don't fucking come to my house like these are kids like this is not okay um it's really really great there's a there's a part here where all of the kids are in the hallway and they're all kind of like running with each other and they all run to like a certain spot of the wall and they all start banging on the wall. Colossus rolls up and just like hits it once and it opens. And I just again, like I really anytime you're dealing with kids and like you, that you're teaching them something or that they're learning things or anything like they've obviously set up an escape plan. Like they've always they already yeah. obviously thought like if something happens, you run here like Colossus will be there. He will protect you like he, he's probably been assigned that duty. Right. So that's, mm-hmm. this is just really, really fun. Like, I, I like this a whole lot. And there's, like, yeah. a, like a way out. Um, Bobby and Pyro and Rogue are all kind of just running around until they find each other, which, okay, sure, fine. <laughs> they're they're going to be the, you know, yeah. our principals in this, so they need to be separated from the herd. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, you know, Colossus offers to help. Um, you know, he, he this, is, this is a great line you've got in the notes. Where he's like, I can help you. And he's like, no, help them. Yeah. You know, so he's going to lead them out, which is super cool. Uh, guys are just showing up more and more reinforcements um, until eventually Stryker shows up and uh, 
But real quick, before we, before we get into that, like, how many guys do you need? <laughs> you brought a lot of dudes. There's, yeah. like, throughout this whole thing, like, there's shot, shots of them repelling over the windows. There's, like, multiple helicopters full of guys, like, jumping out of the helicopters that are and then running towards them. How many dudes do you need? It's insane. Well, the, the thing you, you – I mean, the thing you have to remember is that, like, like yes, Stryker is a supervillain, but he's motivated by fear. Yeah. So, you he, know, like, these guys, these guys are bigots. They're, they're racist. Mm-hmm. This is what would happen if, like – you know, the current administration found their way, you know, found out about a cell that was training, you know, like what they considered to be like ISIS people. Mm-hmm. They would, even if it was kids, like here's the, here's the ISIS daycare, you know, like <laughs> oh, no. they, 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 too real, they would, Gary, too real. I mean, they would, they would, they would literally send in way more than is necessary because they're terrified. Like as much as the, it's misguided and it's bigoted and it's awful, it's wrong. It's motivated by real fear. Yeah. You know, so they're going to bring this entire branch of like special forces because they're fucking terrified. Um, so Bobby, the, uh, Rogue, and Pyro, whose name is John, I think, but I, I'm just going to keep. Yeah, John about Allardyce. Um, they they're going into a, yet another secret tunnel, and that's when uh like Wolverine like closes the door behind him and goes back to attack him, and that's when Stryker kind of calls off the attack. And yeah. It's like, oh shit! I know you. Well, what are you doing here, Wolverine? Stry- Stryker's like that. Wolverine's a little bit confused, and then Stryker. This is a little bit confusing the way they explain this, but Stryker has like a pre-programmed phrase that he's brainwashed into Wolverine. So he puts his hand on his on his temple and he goes nature, and then Wolverine's claws go back in, uh, and I think this is from the time when they were involved back in the day because they have a history, and him having this kind of post hypnotic suggestion. It's one of the sloppier plot points in the movie, I think, because it's never explained and it's very convenient uh, <laughs> that he has this power over him. Um, and it's never, but that, do that's they ever use it again? Happened. No, he never he never yeah. says it again. Um, so. It's just, it's just, it's weird. It's like, we need to have a reason for Wolverine not to just slice this guy's head off, you know, uh, after he finds out who he is. So, um, this is a really awesome poetic scene where like, so they are about to, you know, Wolverine's going to go with him because he wants answers. This is the guy who has his stuff. Um, Bobby makes a big ice wall between them and, uh, Wolverine says like, go ahead, leave. I'll be fine. Uh, Rogue says, we won't be fine. We need you. Um, there's this really amazing moment where uh, Wolverine walks up to the ice wall, puts his hand on it, and Stryker's doing the same thing on the other end. And when you're looking at Stryker's silhouette, it looks almost like a tender moment. Uh, because to Wolverine, this is representing like history. like Anything that has to do with his past is kind of sacred, mm-hmm. because that's what he wants more than anything. Um, you switch over to the other side of the wall, and all Stryker is doing is seeing what the wall is made of so he can destroy it. <laughs> you know, so to Wolverine, he's like, "Hey, we almost had this moment." Stryker is just tactically figuring out like what this is, and then puts the grenade in it, you know, to take it down right away. I love the uh, grenade snatch off of one of my dudes. Yeah, <laughs> like, belt, and then like stabbing it in, it and then just turn around and walking away like a badass. Like that's all good. That's all. Fun. It's super good. Um, but our team escapes into the garage where we see um, all of Rogue's cars, <laughs> which yes. <they> yeah. <laughs> But we see a bunch of cars. They jump into Cyclops' ride um, and then tear out, which is always cool. Um, they <laughs> Pyro tries to turn on the radio, and it's like the Backstreet Boys, which you know, I guess anytime the movie can like make fun of Cyclops by via Wolverine, they're going to do it. Um, yeah. But he also grabs that once they pushing another couple of buttons, like a phone comes out. But they but the phone the weird X phone subplot. <laughs> yeah, little, yeah, yeah, that lasts for just a little too long. Uh, yep. Wolverine says, uh, well, Gene and Storm went to Boston, uh, so we're going to go there. And, of course, Bobby says, oh, my parents live in Boston. And uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And and they're kind of panicking at this point. Like I love sure. Wolverine out of his depth. Mm-hmm. You know, like similar when he stabbed Rogue in the last movie. Like he's not a leader at this point, and he keeps getting like kind of put in these these uh, situations where he's responsible for children's lives, and he doesn't know how to handle it. You know, he's like not good at it, and I really love the way that Hugh Jackman works with that. You know, as much as people complain about Wolverine, especially with the movies, and, and look, I get it, I do. Hugh Jackman does a really good job of Wolverine. Like, I'm I'm kind of into it. Like, some of those solo Wolverine movies, not so great. I get it, but like X Men One and Two specifically, he's very very good in. Like, he he really does so. a good job he's with the role. Phenomenal. Like, I, I think he's good in uh, Days of Future Past as well. Yeah, I like, like uh, I think mm-hmm. yeah, I think he's I think he does a really good job as, as, in this role. I don't um, remember him in Apocalypse at all, so that's a failing on me. <laughs> I don't remember what yeah, he did at all. I don't remember that. I also don't remember him specifically in X Men Three. Like the the I'm one of the reasons why I'm glad we're doing this podcast is I've only seen X Men Three once, mm. and I'm so due for a rewatch because I, I remember it being bad. I know a lot of things about it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I'm really looking forward to giving it a very, you know, critical lens and, and figure out exactly why it's shit. I, uh, it's, it is, it is definitely that, but I'll argue that like that movie does some really interesting things up to like the first half or maybe the first quarter of it. Um, and then it, then it turns into kind of dog shit, but like the, the first part of that movie is actually really entertaining. Like there's a danger room scene at the beginning that I think is genuinely yeah. good. Yeah. I remember liking things about it for sure. Yeah. And part of that was coming out of it, wanting, you know, my favorite movie franchise at the time just to be good, you know, so I wanted to defend it, but, uh, yeah. Um, so they go to Bobby's house. Uh, Stryker has six mutants and uh, goes and checks out Cerebro. And like this is just foreshadowing for later. Um, we go to a bar where uh, Mystique actually, as her human form, as Rebecca remains Stamos, um, seduces the guard, essentially, in a real heavy-handed way. Like, gives him roofies, um, tries to give him a blumpkin in the fucking bathroom. Um, and the the dude is just just kind of like sure suck I mean, my dick in this dirty ass bathroom and she's like that's the point isn't it like I'm a scum girl <laughs> like maybe I'm a dirtbag girl let's let's suck dicks dude and like have you ever I've never been in like a situation like this where I've been like manhandled to a bathroom by like a chick that's way out of my league and like she's pulling my pants down but I have to imagine oh, you if haven't? I was I uh, I would totally put my beer down first right <laughs> like but this dude's like fuck it drink up. This Coors Light will will relax my inhibitions to the degree that I get a unsolicited blowjob in a in a men's room. <laughs> so gross. This uh, whole thing is really weird. And I guess I guess weird. dudes are are like this. Like I'm sure that there are dudes like this, but like I would be just so put off by this entire act of like wow. Oh. Yeah. Me and you would be for sure. Like I think that the idea is that like this is like this is a certain dude's kind of fantasy yeah, though. Exactly. Yeah. You know, is that like like, you know, this guy looks in the mirror and looks at himself from MySpace angles and goes like, I'm not a bad looking guy. Like some girl's going to okay. be really into this, you know? And then, uh, like I'm, I, I wear a uniform. Like I'm, I'm kind of tough. Like girls like that. And it never happens because he's a huge raging asshole. Like no girls like that. Uh, but then having somebody actually recognize that I think is, is what mystique is preying on, you know? All of this to say is that Mystique would probably take like 45 minutes to get me in this situation as opposed to the five. Like I would still yeah. fall for it. <laughs> she would just need well, to talk me into it. <laughs> the, the sad thing about me is when it gets to the end part where she's just like, I can be literal anybody. Like, I don't think I could pass that up. Like, it, you know, it, without it being like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have sex with anybody through like mind control. But if I'm with somebody who could just take the form, you know, of somebody like that, that seems like it's too novel to let go of when she tries to seduce Wolverine later. Yeah, yeah, like that's and that's also pretty creepy too. Like that, you, you can go some oh, some dark directions of that, but also like, yeah, great. Like it's you know, you gotta spice your marriage up. You gotta mix it up some. 
Is it is it really hurting anybody? Like if it's you know just the the likeness rights of somebody? Yeah. You know I don't know. Like is it a way for Wolverine to indulge in this thing without breaking up Cyclops and and uh, Jean Grey's marriage? You know, and if Mystique's into it, Mystique's into it. I don't know. I, I, I it's an ethical quandary. Well, this is one I, I thing that, um, that uh, I thought um, the Wolf Among Us actually treated pretty well. Uh, it was like that where they did the spells for the prostitutes to dress up to pretend to yeah. be like, yeah, yeah. They they dealt with that pretty well and like made it seem like schemy and scummy because at that point it it actually is harming somebody. Uh, oh, absolutely. But, and and to me, I just want to clarify before anybody freaks out. Like, I mean specifically after she reveals that she's Mystique. Yeah, like yeah, it course. is wrong yeah. to pretend to be somebody to have sex with somebody. That's a form of rape. Yeah. But when she's just like, hey, this is my power, like. Let's have fun with our God-granted gifts, you know. Um, then, I, then it becomes a little bit more of a gray area, I think. That's when you're like, well, damn, I, I hate that my mutant power is dampening other mutants' powers. Otherwise, we yes. could get together and have a good time. I, <laughs> literally, need to somebody Marvel like hire me to write like Mutant Sex Academy or whatever. Right? It's just about <laughs> characters exploring these how do you fuck in this world of powers thing because I've thought about it a lot. I've got <laughs> like, a website for you, Gary. Are you ready for this? <laughs> T-U-M-B-L-R dot com. Just, just go <laughs> hog wild. All of this is out there for you, my friends. Just go, all you have to do is reach and grab. <laughs> um, okay. So back to the so, movie. Uh, she yeah. kinda, well, she, well, he, the he, guard gets injected with uh, yeah. goo. Yeah, he passes out because he glugs the beer real quick. And then yeah. you know, she injects him with like you know dark looking goo or whatever. Yeah. Um, Stryker does break into Cerebro and like yeah, kind of creepy stares at him and it's like, take what we want and the jet. Yep. So then they leave. Yep. Um, and then we wake up with Xavier in kind of a dark, like kind of greenlit room. He's got this device on his head. He's been detained in his chair. Uh, and Stryker is there along with Rico in the background and they, they go back and forth. And, um, we, we learn, can we mention this a little bit earlier? Stryker is Jason's father. Xavier kind of failed Jason. Um, they took him out of the school and then Jason proceeded to kind of torture them with these visions to the point where uh, his mother and Stryker's wife committed suicide. Yeah. Yeah. With a power drill to like yeah. try to get the visions out of her head. Yeah. Like that's um, not, that's not great. That's pretty, that's a pretty dark like line in it, like an otherwise PG 13 movie. Right. Well, and just the vision of Jason, like kind of half lobotomized pathetic in this chair. And like mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart just sells it so much when he's just like, you know, strike it. Like this is your son, you know, like this, it's, it's a really kind of heartbreaking, well-acted scene. And I think you know, the, the use of uh, his first name when he's, cause he says William, you know, the, oh, yeah, if you, William, this is your yeah. son. Like, what have you done? Like, yeah. I think that's like, even makes it more like I, we know each other. We've known each other before. I can't believe you did this. I was like, well, this is no yeah. son of mine. He's dead. My son died. He refers to him as like mutant four five, six, three or, or what have you. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he talks about getting the goop out of him. That's where he gets his mind goop. His plot goop mm-hmm. is from, uh, from Jason and Jason can still do things, uh, but he's like semi lobotomized. Um, Patrick Stewart, uh, you know, Xavier figures out that uh, Stryker is behind the attack on the president uh, to drum up anti-mutant hysteria yep. because he recognizes Yuriko must be a mutant. And Yuriko starts, uh, or Deathstrike starts kind of wearing off, and uh, Stryker puts some some plot goo on her neck circle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just you know, exposition, but good, creepy exposition. Yeah, this, this is all good. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, we have kind of uh, our, our little breather break in that uh, Logan and his crew get to Bobby's house and, uh, like, there's there's a lot of things going on in a very compact amount of time. Like we have uh, Bobby and Rogue. Bobby has gone to find some like 1960s clothes for Rogue, uh, yeah. <laughs> and like is like doing that thing where like I'm definitely not going to peep at you. I'm just going to turn my head yeah. and my whole body. <laughs> I'm just um, going to peep. 
Meanwhile, like Wolverine fi- finally finds a beer. Like he missed his beer from the school because schools don't have beer. But like now he finally found a beer. Uh, and then Pyro is walking around, and I think this is pretty deftly done. Like they keep showing these like family portraits of Bobby and his family, and it's all good. And like the way that Pyro is looking at him, like the actor really sells this. You can just instantly tell that he's had a shitty household and a shitty life, yeah. and like he's he's never had this kind of thing. And it's like why would you run away from this if you had it? Like you can just see yeah. it written all over his face. And and they don't they you know that's not exposition. He doesn't like turn to the camera and be like, I remember where I grew up. <laughs> he doesn't say a you know? word. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. It's really good. Like we're those things. Um, Bobby does the dumb thing where he's like, I'm not going to get hurt if you kiss me, which is like, what are you basing that on? Like, why do people keep doing this? Um, but they kiss and they kiss once and it's okay because it takes Rogue's powers a, a second to you know to catch up. Yeah, me too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> um, they, they then they kiss again and and Bobby starts getting the death death lines on him weirdly like rogue's power is not a plot device in this movie at all and rogue does not have a major role to play uh in this yeah this you know, reminds me enough. of uh like I, w- I went back and watched the days of future past rogue cut or whatever mm. where she's like because again the theatrical release they kind of just took her away from um took a lot of her parts out i think most of them if not all uh but there was a cut of that movie where she's like kind of assisting and like dude does she not need to be in that movie <laughs> like save yeah. yourself 30 minutes of extra like screen time <laughs> and just not watch that um but yeah like she's not really doing much here um and then we go back to um the kitchen where like Logan like a cat has scared Logan which like yeah they they does he have super hearing and super smell or does he not or have not. super hearing and super yeah. smell? <laughs> just pick one be consistent all, with it. all of his villains smell like a cat like there's, there's a deleted scene where it's Magneto at his apartment just crawling with cats and clean, changing litter boxes and stuff with his magnetic it's powers it's not a deleted scene it's on Ian McKellen's Instagram feed like that's all that man does <laughs> <laughs> he's the perfect human being yeah. I just uh, hold myself in cat urine Charles <laughs> so your hound can't smell me <laughs> uh this is a really like so the the i can't remember bobby's last name the drakes the drakes come home yeah. and uh, are obviously scared by wolverine being there in their kitchen uh quickly sit, they get quickly sat down and explained like hey bobby's a mutant uh one of the cool facts i read on the imdb trivia page was that apparently e mckellen worked with the screenwriters a lot to make this much more into a like typical like homosexual coming out scene yeah. as opposed to, which is exactly that. Like it's kind of horrible and awkward because you're telling someone something about yourself that reveals a lot about who you are and what you do. But like you, normally they wouldn't even be thinking about it, but you kind of have to because it's part of who you are. Like the whole scene is super awkward and like, it's just, but it's, it's really well done. Like I think this whole it's thing great. works. Yeah. It, yeah. It's really good. Even down to the mom being like, have you tried not being a mutant? You know, yeah, like it, which yeah. is just a classic, you know, classic and, uh closeted parent kind of thing um i love it like it's a, it's a really really good scene it's genuinely like pretty touching and gay rights and kind of coming out and stuff are so central to the x-men theming and mythology absolutely uh we've i guess we should probably get to a certain point before we get back to like my favorite scene in the movie um <laughs> oh yeah like we continue p- past this and uh bobby demonstrates his Iceman powers on his mom's like cup of tea and yeah. uh his brother sees this and is just fucking angry at the whole thing, like just pissed off. So he goes to his room and like calls the cops on these like escaped lunatics that are. Yeah. He says there are people in our house. They're not letting us leave. Yeah. Which is not true, but he's scared. Like fair enough. 
it's back at the plastic prison, our um, <laughs> our piece yeah. of shit guard guy, <laughs> our, our dirty blowjob yeah. guard guy is uh, kind of going back in, and then like the metal detection software doesn't quite work. Like it glitches out, and then it yeah. clears him. And um, him through. This this is so good. Oh man, this is so good. The music. Like, it's very really short. I watched it again, and it's like two minutes. It's like a two minute scene. Uh, but it, it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Have a nice sleep, Lencher. There's something different about him, Mr. Laurier. Yeah, I was having a good day. No. No, it's not that. Sit down. No. Sit your ass down. What could it be? What are you doing? Much higher than your blood. <laughs> Mr. Laurier, never trust a beautiful woman, especially one who's interested in you. It's it's super super good just because it's it's exi- it's Magneto getting his dignity back. Yes. Um, there's like a, a a very specific moment where like you know the the guard like pulls his nightstick is like sit down and he just goes no you know and it, it's so <laughs> fucking good. Uh, I yeah, love it so much. Lifting this guard up with them because at this point like Magneto has said um, it must be so all the iron in your blood, which is yeah. just a fucking great line lifts him up by it and then pulls it out in like this mist form like with make yeah. these like microscopic like beads of blood all over this dude's body which like holy shit like kind of blowing my mind at 23 of like Ma- what Magneto's powers really are capable of Holy yeah yes um, very much so like pull, pulls all this out and like makes these three like solid bar uh, balls like little iron balls and then just proceeds to fucking demolish the joint and like they they start pulling back the uh, bridge that was like connecting the central square to like this you know, to the main part of the thing. And he's like, fuck that. And just turns one of the balls into like a flying disc. Like he did in X-Men yeah. one and just starts flying around. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't need any fucking bridge. Uh, and those guys pull their guns. He hits them with these balls and it just kind of shows like how awesome and competent Magneto is where like he needs, you know, this is like the equivalent metal that would be in like 75 cents and change, you know? And, and it's just, he's just able to just destroy fucking wreck shop with this so, so little, little metal. You know, at this point, it's it's so good, and just seeing him uh, have this power uh, gives the audience like this vicarious feeling of of vengeance. Mm-hmm. You know, and this whole scene because this is contrasted and cuts back and forth between the Bobby's house scene where we get to see uh, Pyro break bad here in a moment, and the thing I've like struggled with, and and it it might be uh, partly relating to the uh, current political climate, but like my you know I talked about it in the Dishonored episode, watch out fireballs and stuff, like the joy or or tyranny for that matter. Um, that game, like the joy I get from these kind of like base acts of revenge, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for it too much. I realize that like, you know, Magneto and Pyro are not the heroes of the story, you know, like they, this is not the right idea that like, no, you know what, if you're going to treat me like a monster, bam, a fucking monster, uh, that's not how you're supposed to act. Um, but it has appeal and it is so fun to watch and activate something inside me that like is really, really kind of thrilling and, and sympathetic to that sure you know because so, like seeing like, something like this like these guys are just doing their jobs he was a terrorist that tried to literally destroy the entire united nations 
Like he's not a good guy. He's serving a jail time. He should be serving. But you don't want people you know? to like you. You see the mind control and you see the beatings and you see yes. the kind of the disrespect. And that's that's the thing that I think that I react to in this is like this is his comeuppance and it's probably it's probably over you know over the top. But also he's a mutant <laughs> like he's a super yeah. villain. <laughs> like what do you expect? Like if you if you keep jabbing the dog, the dog will bite. The dog will bite. Yeah, like, it's gonna happen. But it's it is it is very satisfying. Like watching him just kind of wreck this entire joint. I I am. Again, music, like the angles that they do, like him just floating through with his arms kind of crossed out, like just just serene as hell. Ian McKellen is just so fucking brilliant at this job. I have no idea how he, how they got this dude to play Magneto. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, part of it was, so it was because Patrick Stewart, like asked him to, like Patrick Stewart, and then probably because of that kind of gay rights metaphor thing. Could be, yeah. You know, Ian McKellen's like, you know, an advocate, and, you know, that spoke to him, and that just like kind of goes to show the power of this you know, thing, this, this, you know, property that we both love that like on the surface is shallow and stupid, but actually has kind of hidden depths to it, you know? So now we go back to Bobby's place. Um, well, before that, there's a real, there's let's, let's do the, uh, the plane stuff and get that out of the way because it's, uh, a bummer. Uh, the, uh, the, the, oh, actually, I guess the plane stuff goes on for a while during this time. There's a little cutting in because uh, Jean Grey and storm are flying back with uh, Kurt Wagner uh, Nightcrawler, and we get a little bit of Nightcrawler backstory, and we get a little bit of uh, Jean Grey Phoenix forcing out. Um, that's really that the only happen, important part. Does that happen here? I, that uh, I think actually it's a deleted scene. Um, it happens here as well. Okay. I think they doubled it up. Oh, okay. um, it happens I, a little I know bit it happens later, later like after they pick up everybody, but yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it doesn't matter that much. It's like yeah. boring jet stuff just to be like, hey, why are Jean Grey and and storm out here mm-hmm. um they're you know they're picking up uh, nightcrawler and we get a little bit more background about nightcrawler whose entire kind of uh backstory in this movie is that he was in the munich circus and he is religious sure and um, he, and storm just really wants to and see storm needs to see dick. his weird dick yeah <laughs> really um, wants to see that purple dick yeah other than that though let's get back to the good stuff with bobby yeah. They do make, um, they do finally, like the phone start works, works, starts working. So they tell Wolverine that they're on their way. But around this time, uh, Wolverine realizes like they're being like, there's, you know, the cops are coming. So he, yeah. you know, packs up the kids, cops start busting in. Like this looks very terrifying for the parents. I have a whole lot of sympathy for, uh, Bobby Drake's parents at this point, because like, oh, yeah. they were just drug into this. Like they have nothing to do. And all of a sudden they're being told to, you know, face the wall by, you know, gun coat toting government guy. Like that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. The uh, they go walk outside and cops have swarmed and are telling Wolverine to like put his knives down and of course he can't so they shoot him in the fucking head and Wolverine drops like a goddamn stone. I love he this. Was, he could retract his claws. To be fair, and he <laughs> like, you know it, he tries to. He's like I can't put him down, but he's like okay, hold on, and he starts like he starts pointing yeah, at the true. cop and like the cop shoots him in the head, which I guess he has some of those adamantium you know. <laughs> Killing bullets it, or something. It, it doesn't. It doesn't penetrate his skull. It doesn't penetrate his antimantium skull because um, because the bullet is stuck on the front of it. It's just the shock of getting hit. Yeah. So he drops, yeah. and then uh, Pyro makes his move, and like they're um, Rogue and Bobby also drop down. They're you know we're, you know we're okay, we're okay. They they put their heads above their heads, but Pyro decides like this is the moment. He even has a, a line of like you know other scary mutants that you're hearing about. Like I'm I'm definitely one of them. And yeah. This dude just starts fucking tossing fireballs and roasting cops. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, and again, it's, it's kind of great. Like, I kind of sympathize <clears throat> with it. Like, that he's a kid, he's having a rough fucking time, and no matter what he does, people are like literally just trying to kill him for who he is. You know, it is uh, again, he's not the hero of this movie, but 
it's a better treatment and more nuanced treatment than initially seems and way better treatment than like pyro deserves. Yeah. Like this is the same guy from the cartoon, like in the <laughs> comics, Jeremy, he's almost exactly the same as that fucking cartoon. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's none of this like weird character unless there's like some offshoot series that I haven't read, but none of this exists. He's just a dude with a goofy outfit that like controls fire. Like that's the whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, there's some like serious kind of pathos about this dude. Like, and he starts blowing up cops left and right until uh, Rogue finally figures out, like, oh yeah, I could probably fix this, and like reaches over and touches him, so and kind of absorbs his power and starts sucking the fire back into her. Yeah. Um. Which, and luckily enough, the jet arrives, and our teams reunite with each other. And uh, yeah, there's some there's some fun stuff that happens in this jet. But uh, I guess right before that happens, we go back to um. Jason and Xavier and who Jason is now pretending to be like a little girl in the uh, Xavier Institute. And it's like, we have to find all the mutants. Like, can you help me find all the mutants? And he's like, Oh yeah, we'll go to you. Cerebro. I really uh, was going to say that the way that this actually, um, usually for these movies, a common thread is that the deleted scene should have been deleted. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you watch the extended scene with this, this part? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I have like, like a Blu-ray rip of this. I don't know which one, which one it is. <laughs> and I forgot to look up the deleted scenes. So, um, probably, I don't think it's ever been like part of the director's cut. Um, I like it a little bit better. This is the one thing I like because instead of just, uh, Xavier just appearing in the mansion, you know, for, for mind reasons, um, it's the Jason gives him the illusion of escaping under his own power. Like a guard comes in who is not protected from his mind control. Xavier uses the mind control to rescue him and Scott fly back to the mansion and then uh, and that's why they yeah, end up in the mansion he's like where okay. is everybody um because as it is he just wakes up in a dream state and is like where is everybody mm-hmm. um and it just it feels a little bit jarring whereas you know it, it seems like something that xavier could you know think his way out of you know and figure out was fake but in the uh it has more background in the deleted scene version okay well that makes a lot more sense and i, I did mean to go watch the deleted scenes and i just kind of the other ones are kind of shit. There's there's a little bit more Phoenix foreshadowing, and that's more or less it. Yeah. So, meanwhile, we have this whole jet scene. Uh, so we're we're flying away. There's um there's a couple of ni- nice little moments where like uh, Wolverine is like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" with Nightcrawler, and Nightcrawler says, "Like, yeah. I am Kurt Wagner. I was yeah. caught." He's just like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter. Just yeah. just fly. Go go." No one will let him say his name in the Munich Circus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but the Air Force finds him and starts telling him to, you know, land, which, again, they're basically terrorists at this point. Everything the they X-Men have done, yeah, it, they are straight up terrorists. Wolverine makes, like, a note of this. He's like, no wonder they're chasing us so hard. It, like, looks back at Pyro. Um, I guess we should, probably should have mentioned Wolverine wakes up, but I think that's probably obvious yeah. to most people. Um, meanwhile, the Air Force jets fall back and uh, get a lock on them and start shooting missiles at them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, Storm does her wind thing and... Yeah, I don't. I, I don't really like this action scene very much. No, no, no. It's 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 it feels to me like as opposed to being a a key and kind of cool action scene, it feels like uh, one. It gives uh, Nightcrawler something to do because Rogue gets sucked out of the jet and Nightcrawler saves her. Yeah, which is uh, admittedly cool. Like this is a yeah. It gives him a cool thing to do because they have to show him being kind of part of the team. Like he gets a thing later, but all we've seen up to this point is his like his showcase shot. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, the other reason this is here is just to close the loop on like, hey, the cops wouldn't just let them get away with this. You know, it feels like a plot answer as opposed to a scene that is like cool on its own. It's just here to to kind of quash that incredulity that like, oh, like the government's not going to let you get away with this shit. You know, the rocket 
the the last rocket, like Gene Phoenix forces one of the rockets away, um, and then like misses the second one. It hits the plane. They start descending. Then all of a sudden, like the plane heals itself, <laughs> and they start mm-hmm. slowing down. They start falling slower. And man, how great of a coincidence is coincidence is it, it that just it's, Magneto was just strolling around in this forest right where they were going to crash land? <laughs> I have no idea what Magneto is doing in this forest with Mystique. Like Mystique can get a car. Um, <laughs> This is something also that just feels like either too happy of a coincidence or there's something deleted that explains it. Yeah. yeah. You know, I'll go with that. Um, yeah, but it's pretty sad, but it's nice because we get this fun scene because, you know, as recently as the last movie, Magneto was the ultimate villain and they all have to hang out, uh, together. And this is really cool. Um, I like, I like this, this dynamic of Magneto teaming up with the X-Men. I like in the cartoon. I like it here. And uh, this is a good old-fashioned campfire. Like, somebody gets out the uh, like <laughs> the air compressor and pops up some yeah. X-Men tents, which is yeah. always really funny. <laughs> yep. um, Nightcrawler goes to spy on, like, the adults' conversation and, uh, like, figures out. And I guess Magneto is like, oh, yeah, we, we, we have someone here. Well, number one, Magneto kind of lays out the plot of the movie for all of the disparate teams yeah. so that everybody can know the same thing. Um, but then uh, says, like, oh, yeah, we've got to wave into the base. And he's like, well, you know, I don't remember it. Wolverine's pipe pipes up i don't remember anything that xavier tried he's like no no no, not you and then points up to nightcrawler which i guess means that they captured nightcrawler took him to canada and then took him back to washington that seems like yeah, a they, lot well, of they, travel they, yeah. they did their brainwashing in uh with with jason and stuff at the in canada i guess it's that local organic brainwashing that we all know yeah. from canadians <laughs> yes um, um so gene gets it out of of kurt and it's kind of a cute scene yeah i like this um, we get a little bit of uh, Gene and, and Wolverine sexual tension. He's and like, I hey, you're, do you're manifesting not, do Phoenix not forces. like this, man. I <laughs> do not like this. Wolverine is just like kind of, he doesn't force himself on her. Like there's obviously a sexual tension there, but like, hey, don't fuck with somebody's wife, no matter how much sexual tension you have with them. Like, yeah. she even says like, don't make me do this. Like, don't make me do this. And he's yeah. like, do what? Like trying to rub his crotch into her crotch. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, hey, dial it the fuck down. She's a married woman. She's a teacher. And, and she can yeah. read your dirty little mind. You fucking home wrecking piece of shit. Yeah. I really, I really don't like this part. It, it bothers me if you can tell. Uh, it would have been, I mean, and it would have been fine if she had done it. Cause again, like we, we talked about home wrecking cause it yep. comes up all the time whenever Gambit's about, uh, but the, uh, it's it's if she had just kind of been like like listen like scott's not around i'm really stressed out like i need to have my crotch rubbed upon by dirty little wolverine's crotch like then then i would have been more okay with that but he's a little too aggro with it i think yeah Uh, but what i know i'm a cuck um so yeah (laughs) as twitter told you last night yeah i'm I'm brainwashed by feminazis um the uh so yeah i think that's kind of rough We're, we're learning a lot about here so like um Mystique and Nightcrawler have a little bit of a moment, um, which is like, that's, that's your son in the comics, not here, of course. Yeah. Uh, and then Wolverine's napping in the tent, and we get this uh, the seduction scene where Jean rolls in and starts smooching on him, as we mentioned, and then Wolverine remembers his sense of smell uh, and realizes it's Mystique. Or he doesn't actually do the sense no, of smell, he finds the scar. finds the scars, which uh, scars yeah. on a shapeshifter are weird to begin with, but looking past that, like, yeah. where is his sense of smell, Gary? There, Did it get like blown off? like at 1.5 where he gets a cold. Like it's just like X Men allergy season, and it's like the prequel <laughs> series of Mucinex commercials that explain Wolverine in this movie. Maybe there were some webisodes that aren't available to us anymore, like on the lead yeah. up to the movie. <laughs> hey, Bob, you Sponsored by Claritin that. D X Men. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, this is uh, not great. Um, yeah. Back in the plane, uh, Magneto and Mystique are basically like straight up oh, making real, fun of. Oh, go ahead. real quick before that happens, because oh, yeah, Mystique yeah, turns into a bunch of different people, and it's implying these different kind of sexual uh, feelings, you know, that Wolverine has, because mm-hmm. um, you know, turns into. Uh, uh, I can't. I think does he return to remain Stenos? I know he turns. She turns into Rogue though, and that's pretty fucked up. Yeah, she turns into. Uh, she starts as Jean Grey, then Storm, she turns yeah, into Storm, Storm, and then she goes yep. to uh, Mystique. Not Mystique. I'm sorry. Um, Rogue, Rogue, and that's when he yeah. throws her off. Which you know, yeah, he's like that's Wolverine. too much. But she's just kind of like, and that kind of speaks to her, you know, kind of villainous. Yeah. Tendencies a little bit like maybe this is what you want. Doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. Which like again, I have mixed feelings about. But it's just kind of interesting because there's something to the like super paternal situations Wolverine keeps getting himself into. Yeah, I'm not and, saying that he actually has the hots for Rogue, but yeah. like from the sets, outside, it sets it up that way from the outside. Like you can yeah. definitely see that. And yeah, perhaps a mystique of looking at the situation like we're about to go to like a mission that I may not come back from. Like who's my most fuckable guy? Yeah, in this group? like who's gonna ring my fucking bell? There, there's a part where like. uh in the ex- the Grant Morrison comics where like Wolverine literally does this with Domino mm-hmm. where it's like, they're on a suicide mission. He's like, Hey, baby, you know, Hey, you're looking for some easy company. And I was just like, I've always, I always kind of like that. It's like, yeah, like, I, you know, that's a, that's, that's a way more less like, aggro and more confident kind of sexy I, Wolverine. You know, I have one of those false memories about this movie and I swear that I remember this and I can't find it anywhere. So it must, must be like one of those, um, like Shaq Fu movies or whatever that they, what, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name for them now, but, um, so I am. Shazam! Yeah, everyone thinks that 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 was like a thing. Um, the I, I swear there was a scene where she turned into uh, Wolverine while she was on top of him, and he was looking at himself. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that I does wish. not happen. <laughs> that would be the reason why you know that hasn't happened is because it would be memed all over. Yeah, the, the two uh, the two guys like looking at each other, the two Hugh Jackmans. Yeah, like I think I think it would be everywhere. Like there'd just be like. Uh, you know, uh, captions of, of him laying on top of his stuff with, you know, record scratch. You're probably wondering where I got in this situation. Things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just made, apparently I've just totally made that up for years. So don't mind me. Okay. No, I'm, I'm a, yeah. We, we all know. Um, we get back on the plane, uh, and they're going to go to fly to alcohol, alcohol, Lake. rogue. And, nope. Sorry. Um, Magneto and mystique are making fun of rogue's hair, which of course she got that stripe from last year. And, and like, rogue does this, to kill her. Yeah. Rogue does this thing like where she starts ripping her gloves off. Like homie, that, that, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you're going to get a rebar through your skull. Is what you're going to do. <laughs> you're, like, you're on a metal plane. <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, but it is, it is just it's fucking cold, you know, mm-hmm. uh, they're making fun of it. And then Magneto and Pyro have a moment where Pyro pretty much like fully, you know, breaks bad. What's your name? John? What's your real name, John? Pyro. Got the talent you have there, Pyro. I can only manipulate the fire. I can't create it. You are a god among insects. Never let anyone tell you different. Fucking Ian McKellen dog with these lines. Mm-hmm. The, you are a god among like, <laughs> yeah. like bugs or whatever. Like, oh my god, it's so good. Yeah, anyway. just uh, you know every these these uh, these suspicions you have of you being superior to these people since they're giving you so much shit. You know, because he doesn't start out as hateful. Like it just kind of gets that way because he's kind of backed into a corner. These suspicions you have are true. Like it is not their lives are not worth something. They're treating you like shit. You treat them like shit. You know, and he's a villain in the third movie. Yeah. 
It was at this point that I looked down at my little uh, like progress bar at the bottom of the screen and was like, "How the fuck is there still this much movie left?" <laughs> it's it's we I moved mean, this movie. Like I said, is is near perfect. I think that like this last little this end scene, which is very long. Um, these last scenes, like this kind of climax, goes on for a very long time. Like it's still very good. Mm-hmm. But you 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 set all these like amazing seeds. They all have to have time to kind of grow and 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 blossom here. Yeah. So this this is where it is uh, the pacing kind of suffers because we're not spending as much time kind of moving from situation to situation anymore. Um, oh, do, do, just a real quick trivia thing. I forgot that um in the bar where uh, she seduces the guard, Hank McCoy is uh, on the screen. Oh yeah, debating about yeah. rights. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, just like again, just a fun cameo, and that was before you know I knew everything I knew about Beast. Now I was still excited for that. Hey, does the fact that um, what's his name, Fraser, plays Hank McCoy in the third movie, does that? I don't think that there's anything that we've said about Hank McCoy in the animated series that doesn't apply to Fraser too. Like, I think both of them are the same people, <laughs> right? Like, they're still also very insufferable. Oh yeah, like if you went back yeah. and watched Fraser, like you would definitely like you would see his little naughty dick. <laughs> he, would, he would be pontificating about poetry all the fucking time. Um, so we, we go back to the Alkali Lake, uh, Stryker, um, he kidnapped these kids. Like somebody asked him why he has the children and he says it's cause he wants, he's a scientist and he wants to test his machine. Yeah. So his goal here, and, um, I, I don't know that they've specifically laid it out. I don't know that we've said it out loud on the podcast, but his goal is to use Xavier <clears throat> to control Xavier via Jason, to have Xavier use Cerebro to kill all the mutants in the world at one fell swoop. Because yes. if, Jason, if, if Xavier concentrates too hard on any one person's cerebro, he can kill them. Which, again, terrorist organization. Yes. <laughs> why, yeah. why do you have this? And if you he have this room, it, why but... do you let anybody in it? <laughs> yeah, it, it seems like you, this should be locked up a little, little bit more. Yeah. Securely. Yeah. Definitely, sh- definitely shouldn't be on campus. This should be an off-campus thing. Um, anyway. So uh, their plan is to send uh, Logan in, but Magneto's like, no, nah, I don't think that that's going to work. So, uh, well, but- there's a, a great bit where he's like, I have a hunch you'll want me alive. Wolverine, whoever goes into the dam needs to be able to operate the spillway mechanism. What do you intend to do? Scratch it with your claws. I'll take my chances. But I won't. I don't trust you with this. Like, you're not good enough for this. And I love, like, just Magneto having to work within these constraints is as interesting as the X-Men having to be, you know, around their, their enemy. Yeah, because Magneto yeah. knows that, like, when it comes time to kill somebody, the, the X Men probably won't do it. Versus, well, and you know, he's, yeah, and he's playing playing a longer con too, as we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so this is kind of interesting because uh, they have this back and forth, but then we see Wolverine step into the tunnel and like go up and kind of call for uh, see an obvious camera in front of a door and call for Striker. Yeah. He actually enters in and like does the Heather thing, which I thought was Striker, Striker, <laughs> proving once again this is how Wolverine thinks cell phones work. Yeah, that's how um, he looks for things. Like he loses his keys, and he walks around the house going keys, keys. keys. <laughs> uh, they put the they put this like harness on his like to hold his claws up, really reminiscent of how Magneto held him up in X Men One in the Statue of Liberty. Oh yeah, um, yeah. and so, then uh, they kind of escort him in. William Stryker comes down and immediately rec- sees through it, and he's like, "If there's one thing I know, it's something that I made." And that's when, uh, well, to be fair, Mystique gives him a coquettish grin. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't <laughs> help. Him, like the like, "Hi, I'm Wolverine. Come finger me, sir." Like kind of facial expression, and that's what like causes him to realize it. Like if she had just been a better actress. You know, sure. not not Rebecca remains Stamos, but you know, as Wolverine had been a better, as Mystique had been better acting, but I mean, she kind of just wanted, she didn't want to be taken into the back room and gotten juice necked, 
you know, so she, she probably wants this to happen. Mm -hmm. And she immediately just like, as soon as she's found out, she transforms back into mystique and just kicks everybody's ass. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, like, just like, it's just twirling around with this like grace and like, I know it's a movie, like I get it, but like, hot damn, this all looks great. This is so much fun to watch. Just her kind of flipping and twirling around. It's just entertaining as hell. And then she does yeah. this like slide thing and then uh, through a closing door and then like flips the bird at everybody. And then she's in yeah. the control room that's going to open up the door so the rest of the X-Men can come through. It's real. Yeah, it's real good. Like um, Striker tries to get in. He's like, how do we open this? It's like you designed it not to be open. You know, like that's <laughs> not how it works. Um, we should just real quick uh, just to get out of the way so we're not cutting back and forth to it. Since we don't have to go scene by scene. During this entire time, uh, Mag- Xavier is getting closer to Cerebro and concentrating and it's getting steadily worse. Yeah, every like so, three and a half minutes, like he's getting yeah, closer and closer, and then Jason's figuring so, it out. Yeah, so. so yeah, Jason's piloting him. Jason is is this little girl in his mind and making him do this. I just don't want to go back and forth to that. Like literally, every time we check in on it, sure. Um, just know that that's a, that's a background hum during this main action here. Um, so at this point, they get to they all kind of meet up with each other. Um, they they decide that uh well number one wolverine like sees a picture of striker somewhere and is just like fucking him out and leaves (laughs) so good job wolverine (laughs) uh storm and kurt see the video feed of the kids so they say everybody's just getting an image of what they need to do sure yeah it's very one issue (laughs) like we'll go take care of this we're the miscellaneous yeah Um, yeah we're team kid you're team villain like you guys got to okay there that uh yep I do like that Storm is like, there's Jubilee and the rest of the kids. Like, just because, you know, Jubilee was in that animated series. So, like, you have to say the word Jubilee in an X-Men movie from now on. Um, what's really interesting that's happening here, though, and the reason why this is significant, is that uh, Jean Grey is the last X-Men that's left at this point. Yes. Because the kids, uh, Iceman and Pyro and uh, Rogue, stayed in the jet. Mm-hmm. So, Jean Grey is left with Magneto and is not cool with that. Like, no, she's she gives them a couple happy. looks like, and they're like, are you going to be okay? And she's like, I'll be fine. But like that, what a, what a terrible thing to put Jean Grey through, you know, like she is like, Hey, you're responsible for being, this is a supervillain and his assistant and you have to keep an eye on them during this whole thing. And you I know, like pretty, this. Pretty um, responsible she storm, plays it pretty, she plays it pretty nervous. Uh, and like throughout the, these two movies, like Jean Grey has been kind of nervous. Like you can tell she's been kind of reticent yeah. to do anything. And that's, that's going to pay off in a big way later. Like as we, you know, proceed through this movie so this this all really works for me like I, again they get everybody together for a little while they all go to on a mission and then everybody has like little mini missions to go through like this it feels kind of video gamey but i kind of dig this like this is all fun and the way they cut back and forth like i was i was never bored throughout and no no no. it's it, way contrast this with the fucking statue of liberty gift shop scene oh my god seriously yeah, yeah like there's none none of the bad like i mean there's like some lines in here that are that are but there's nothing that's like it's there's nothing specifically as hammy as like toad flipping around his little staff or yeah whatever. like none of that stuff is here which is which is good yeah um, so so uh cerebro is getting worse um yep. uh, magneto mystique and gene start walking around and cyclops attacks them because yep. uh, it's like oh yeah where's that guy been he's got that um, plot juice in that neck hole he got, <laughs> <laughs> boy got juice necked um and he got PJ'd uh, in that nh <laughs> <laughs> um and magneto is gonna fuck him up but gene pushes him out of the way and says like i'll take care of this uh you know leaving magneto and mystique alone which is like the worst possible thing but uh she can't leave you know scott not to be and this this uh fight between her and scott is really great i really this love is it actually he's, really good like he's got his like his his blasters on like full blast and she's kind of holding him back with the telekinetic shield and like even the cgi from like you know 14 years ago now like looks really good it holds up yeah I, I really like it. I like it when he she picks him up and throws him, and he keeps shooting. 
Yeah. You know, and it just kind of mm-hmm. looks like it's interesting to seeing how his power works. Um, so she eventually stuns him and makes him okay, but they fucked up the dam. Yeah. There's a leak now to add another kind of time limit to this whole thing. Yeah. So now not only are we pressing to make sure that we get there before Xavier kills all the mutants, but now also we have to get there, stop Xavier and get out before the whole fucking dam breaks. There's a yeah. moment where Stryker is like walking down a hallway with uh, Deathstrike and like some water falls on his glasses. <laughs> like, yeah. is that the way dams work? Like one crack and just water starts leaking everywhere? <laughs> yeah, because everywhere. if so, like... I think I can make a better day. Yeah. <laughs> it's like rapture. Exactly. The, um, so, so, so he, and he's, he's freaking out at this point because his plans, like he was so close to getting it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, I'm going to go make sure this goes through, sends a death strike on out. Um, or like, no, they're, they're still together at this point. Cause Wolverine yeah. arrives at his, his bat. Room. Yes. He gets, he gets uh, sent to like the, the stereotypical weapon X room that we've seen in the cartoons and like the comic books. So like there's the vat where he was pumped full of adamantium. There's all these x-rays on the, uh, on the, on like a light board behind, like mm-hmm. behind the vat. But it's very obvious. Um, like it, it's kind of a cool foreshadow thing because we haven't seen death strikes claws yet, but it shows her hand with the claws fully extended. Yeah. It doesn't show his hand, which is kind of what you're expecting to see. So like, even for the, like, comics peeps in the that are in the in the audience they're like oh wait that's not wait what wait wait what <laughs> so and if, and if you don't know the comics like this is a really cool bit of kind of foreshadowing you know the legit surprise and then uh striker shows up and then he kind of like talks some shit to, to wolverine that's you know just like kind of your standard like you know i made you and can unmake you kind of bullshit and then yeah. uh man this fight between yuriko and excuse me between deathstrike and wolverine is so good it's really good. It's it, you know again contrasted with the Mystique fight from the first one, which was the best you know one of the better fights from that climax. But this is really good. Um, you know, they, they, she grows her claws. Part of the reason why Deathstrike doesn't look awful in this movie is that she doesn't have like super hands all the time. You know, <laughs> she doesn't um, have the, uh, the the shoulder pads either, man. Like there's yeah, shoulder, shoulder pads shoulder and whatever's happening with the that v. thing she's wearing on her head. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the beehive, the tiny like model beehive she wears instead of hair. <laughs> The, um, so this is just a really, really good, like kind of Kung Fu fight. Like Wolverine is not, you know, he doesn't really know Kung Fu in the movies. He's just really savage mm-hmm. and she knows all kinds of Kung Fu shit. Um, he finds out she has a healing factor as well. She's slicing him up and he realizes like, he can't really win. Like she is a better fighter. Yeah. Uh, she's, and she beats the shit out of him too. Like, I mean, just like yeah. is, is constantly like owning this dude. He, yeah. um, we we cut back very briefly to the plane and Pyro is like, fuck this, I'm out. And he leaves. Um, but yep. then we, um, Wolverine kind of like, she gets him on top of the vat on like this thing that's hanging above the vat. She's hanging below it and just stabbing the hell out of him. And then he finally like slashes at the chain. So she drops into the vat and she's, mm. you know, she's not drowning or anything, but she's in this like water or whatever. And then he just reaches that's over it's liquid adamantium. Like, yeah. It's not water. It's, it's bolton adamantium. So oh, like, no, no, she doesn't drop in that. Like he uses the gun to put that in her. Like this is just, oh, like, you're a, right. this is just like right, some sort right. of weird, you know, healing liquid or whatever the fuck. You yeah. Want to call it. Right. This is some angel yeah. juice, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he stabs her with like this molten adamantium, which, um, striker had told him a little bit earlier, which I think is a cool fact that like, once you heat it, once you heat adamantium up, you always have to keep it heated up. So I think yeah. that's pretty neat. Um, and then this thing is just really, really like the scene of her crying adamantium tears and it's starting to come out of her mouth and like, and she just falls into this vat and like just goes immediately to the bottom with like a hard thunk. Clang. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, really good. Super good. And kind of, kind of sad for somebody who you absolutely, you know, you don't know anything about this person, but they're innocent. They're mind controlled. Yeah, that's and that's you know? that was the thing. It was like at the end, like they don't do like the it was oh no, I woke up or anything, but like you can just like kinda look at her and you're like, Oh shit, like this is 
this is this sucks. Like yeah. Wolverine had no choice, but like this still sucks to be this chick. Yeah. Um, so Magneto's making his way towards uh, Cerebro too. Um, there's a whole hallway full of guards that Striker had said, make sure nobody gets in. Uh, and he just pulls all the grenades on their fucking <laughs> the pins on all their grenades are attached to their chest. This is it's such so a good, good, such a good send up, not a send up, but it's such a good twist on like turning the gun from the next yeah. one. Like this is the exact same thing, but just even better. Like they have no chance to, to do anything and they all just blow up and die. Cannot Great. get out over how fucking cool Magneto is. Man, just um, killing it right now. Literally. And, uh, he gets in there and, uh, or first that, the. Xavier starts concentrating all the mutants like Jason is telling them to and everyone gets all the mutants get like headaches like psychic headaches like yeah. they're dying um, except for Magneto because he's wearing his helmet yep um, and they, they they explained the helmet earlier where like uh, Pyro's like what a dorky helmet and he's like well, that's what protects me from them or so, you know he says something mm-hmm. about it but uh, it's Chekhov's helmet and then he can get in there and he's like I don't know how far back he planned this um, but he's like uh, I don't know if he this is like this is just the opportunity he just happened to see you know, where he, cause he has to figure out the plan like pretty quickly, but he's mm-hmm. like, Hey, I can use this. Like, what if, what if instead of concentrating all the mutants, he concentrated on the humans, we could literally get rid of every human on earth, which is a terrible plan. But Magneto doesn't, isn't good at plans. Like his last plan was bad. This one would result in like, dude, how are you going to rebuild the world's infrastructure without 95% of people? There'd be no you fucking know? way. Like, unless you could yeah. literally get everybody in the world into one place, like a Genosha type situation, which I mean, exactly. I he could probably do like, he's not, you know, powerless, but, he didn't but like, do it. like it's, it's too late. You know, there'd be, there's gonna be mutants on planes that, that get crashed. There's gonna be mutants, you know, without power who are going to like die in like the riots and stuff. Like this is literally one of the worst plans that Magneto has ever had. Uh, but and, and, I, that's why it kind of make, makes me think it's just improvised. Like he just sees this as a possibility and is like, oh yeah, fuck it. You know, let's do this. And there's this weird scene. Like, I don't understand the point of uh, Magneto changing around all the panels other than for it to look cool. Because if Cerebro just works, then all Zav- all you have to do is convince Xavier to concentrate on humans rather than mutants. Like, yeah. Like, and I guess you could chalk it up as like, he's changing a safeguard because he helped him build it or something. I don't know. But like, it just seems like overdone at this point. He doesn't have like a line to Xavier's head though. So like Xavier's not just in a, in a state where he just listens to suggestions. He's listening to Jason. So Jason will listen to Stryker, which is why Magneto, which is why Mystique comes up as Stryker and is like, kill yeah. all the humans. So like, if they're telling him to kill all the humans, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. 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 yeah it, so. it could be one or the other. They could have kept it with mutants and then just kind of recalibrated it. Sure. Yeah. So it, it reversed or yeah, you're right. Like it could have done either one instead it does both, which is a little weird. Um, but anyway, so that's that's what's happening now, and now uh, the humans are going to get psychic headaches. Um, and we see this because uh, Wolverine has tracked uh, Striker outside where there was a helicopter, and um, starts kind of stabbing the hell out of him, trying to get answers. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you know, kind of com- basically like whining to Striker of like, "You made me this way," and Striker's like, "You, you talked about this like I took away, took something away from you. Like you volunteered for this. Like you came to yeah. me." Yeah. The, which things, is- the things that we did together would like chill your blood. Like you are not a good person, and people don't change. Yeah. You know, essentially his, his point. Uh, and Wolverine's like, yep, I don't change and, and ties him to a thing to die. <laughs> um, stabs later. him some more and chains him up. See you later. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Stryker does like, there is the scene where like the dam is kind of breaking down and Stryker's like, come with me. Like, let's go together. I'll give you all the answers you need. And he's like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go like save my team. Yep. Um, which for the, what, 
the re- all, everything Wolverine does from here until he meets up with everybody is just run down corridors. Like they just keep going back to him <laughs> running down fucking corridors. Where is he going? I don't know. Why, why is he doing? I don't know. Doesn't matter. A lot of, a lot of showing Wolverine looking for things in real time. In <laughs> yeah. For some reason. Um, the uh, the rest of the X Men kind of meet up over at Cerebro, and um, like Jean uses her powers to kind of figure out what's going on inside. Kurt, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Magneto and Mystique have kind of set this up and the jetted right, like they're out, so they're not there when the rest of the X Men there. Jean figures this out, and it's Storm who's saying like, "Hey, Kurt, like you can teleport us in there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. because Mag- and, they, and- they don't have a confrontation with Magneto or anything. No, no, no. Um, and at this point, because uh, yeah, they're they're on their way out. Um, Kurt's like, I can't do it because I, I might teleport into a wall. And she's like, have faith. Um, and it's like, okay, you know, here's the payoff for him being a Catholic, I guess. But like, it's, you know, what, what good is that faith if you get fucking gibbed? You know, in, say, in the what wall. if you get telefrag? What if I telefrag Xavier? Yeah, like, like, have, you, have you played the un- any games in the Unreal Engine? Like, this is fucking dangerous, dude. <laughs> like, Did you finish Doom? <laughs> you could not end up in a wall. Um, but uh, they, he does it. Yeah. And they get in there, and um, obviously, like, this little girl is there, and uh, Kurt immediately tries to, like, you know, oh, it's just a little girl. And of course, Storm sees through this. Her whole plan, which, you know, finally Storm does something useful, like, I'm just going to make it cold. And that kind of fucks up Jason's power, which lets Xavier kind of come to his, you know, come back and then realize, like, okay, yeah, now I'm going to stop killing yeah. the humans. It's like, because you, you can't just strike him with lightning. It might not be there. Yeah. So she needs something kind of ambient. Like, this makes it makes sense. And we didn't we didn't mention this, but like during this whole thing, we we were shown scenes of like Stryker like holding his head and like having these like horrible pains, yeah. and then they like pull it out so like the rest of the world is having it too. Like you, they actually kind of show you the stakes of this whole thing of like humans everywhere are having this. Yeah, um, Stryker is going to get loose. Um, he like because yeah. he wasn't tied up very well, but then Xavier uh, he gets the the headache, and Magneto comes across comes along, mm-hmm. um, and actually just kind of uses metal. It's like, no, you're not getting away with this. Uh, you know, which again is kind of satisfying. Like, fuck that guy. And then, uh, uh Magneto and Mystique jump in Stryker's helicopter. And that's where they see Pyro kind of standing on the edge of the field. Who has kind of made his way over here from the plane. And that's where, you know, he finally like commits and he's like, yeah. I'm, he's going to be, you know, brotherhood of the mutants all the way, which yep. man, again, what a great little story of Pyro, like between these two movies. And even the third one, I don't remember him being terrible in, but like, that movie kind of suffers from some of its other stuff, but like, this is just a great arc for this character. Like this, the, uh, if I recall in the third one, it kind of does a payoff for like the white picket fences part of him. Like, I think that they, mm. he gets into a fight with Iceman, um, either outside of Iceman's house or somewhere in the suburbs. And I think it kind of pays off this, like you had everything gotcha. okay. growing up kind of arc. It might not actually make reference to that, but in my memory it does. So I, I don't know. I need to watch it again. I'll probably watch it again before we cover it for the show, just because I'm watching. This has made me really curious. Um, let's see. They shut down. Da, 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 Essentially, da. they get out. Yeah, they get out, and uh, Wolverine yeah, out, has finally met up with them, and they they are going yeah. back to where Wolverine left to strike her at the helicopter, and and Wolverine's pissed. He's like, "There was a helicopter here." <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> and then, I, I could smell it. Um, <laughs> can you, Wolverine? <laughs> yeah. I don't believe you anymore. <laughs> uh, but then Rogue shows up in the jet. Uh, earlier, she had been told not to drive. You yeah. know, uh, which is like it's kind of fun little callback. But they show up. They pick everybody up. Um, but the jet is not doing great. Um, and the water, the, the jam is exploding. Yeah. And just to finish this up on pyro, like there's this moment where somebody says, where's pyro. And he's like, Oh, they ran off with Magneto. And like, they kind of show, um, 
they show like Wolverine and Storm and Jean all kind of take in this news. And I kind of like that they show like, oh, this is a personal failure. Like we failed. This yeah, 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 yeah. That's really, yeah. really good to me. Like that, that works very, very well. Absolutely. Like the, the, that's always been a secondary stakes in the conflict of the Magneto is the hearts and minds of like the next generation of mutants. Exactly. And that's I really why, like, like that they dealt with this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why there's always been like, it's not just the fact that there's new mutants. There's always the Hellions as well. You know, there's always like the brotherhood of evil mutants. Like there is a version that is trying to convert, you know, these people. Um, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a really great touch. So now we're, uh, all of our group, all of our heroes, uh, we've saved the kids. We didn't really talk about that, but that happens. You don't really need to worry about that. Everybody's on the plane. We're getting ready to leave and the thrusters are offline. Um, mm. their, their, their planes broke for the first time ever. Maybe because, you know, Magneto put it back together wrong. <laughs> this <is> Magneto <laughs> <Yeah>. powers, <laughs> but who knows? Um, Jean goes like Jean kind of realizes like I can probably I can probably save this and she like walks outside um and this is like a all throughout the movie they've been worried about her like Cyclops and Wolverine have been worried about her kind of increased power and, and level and so she walks outside literally starts the plane by herself with her mind and then as the water is rushing in like blocks off this huge wave of water to give them time to lift off like yeah. showing way more control and power than she's ever shown before um, there's a great moment because like some uh, the Wolverine's like save her to like Nightcrawler and Nightcrawler teleports for a second and then teleports immediately back and he's like she won't let me. How uh, and then she, that? Yeah, it's really you know she takes over Xavier's mind and Xavier says like you have to understand like I'm doing this you know this is my noble sacrifice uh, and everyone's freaking Did out. Do you think Cyclops is about to kiss Xavier there for a minute? <laughs> I was praying <laughs> that it would happen. <laughs> Like I'm not a religious man, Jeremy. It's <laughs> just like because they're so close, and he's just like, baby, no. And no, I'm just no, like, no. he's all emotional. Oh, I'm like, oh, kiss, 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 kiss. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, and if it, it, and and shame on James Marsden if he didn't do one joke take of that. Seriously, like just because yeah, like lean over and have just a sense of humor one. about that. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's important to know that as she's doing this, she's going all like Phoenixy, like she's starting to get flames. Yeah. And we've seen this throughout the movie. Her eyes go kind of all, you know, flames and she gets kind of that outline of, you know, fire around her and everything yeah. like that, which Logan again, doesn't know what to do. Nobody likes this. Everyone's sad and, and freaking okay. out, but they eventually get away and the water envelops her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's being great. This is uh, interestingly, this came in partway through shooting this plot idea. So really? again, with how many revisions and stuff I had, this movie had, I have no idea how it turned out as good as it did. Yeah, seriously. Because yeah, this was literally um, during a scene. Brian Singer drew Famke Jensen away and said, "Hey, what do you think of this? Like, set up for the Phoenix stuff." And she was like, like "How fuck are you? Yeah. How are you just like literally <laughs> making this up as you go along? It's so fucking good." Um, I always yeah, wonder I like how anything gets made. Like if like I understand a book, a dude sits down and writes a book. Like I get that, but like anything that involves like to the scale of like a thousand people working on a thing, how does it yeah. ever get produced? Like where how does that even happen? And like something like a dude just running over the side and be like, "What do you think about?" Like that just blows me away. Yep, pretty amazing. Um, and then that's it. We're we're pretty much done with the main part of the movie. We're going to do some uh, some kind of wrap up epilogue stuff. Um, the next big thing is that we go back to the Oval Office. The president is about to make a speech to the American people about the worldwide incident, like that happened to everybody. Like because again, when Xavier started concentrating on all of the humans, like everything in the world freaked out. Which I'll be honest with you, Gary, 
Patrick Stewart's a nice man. Charles Xavier needs to be locked the fuck up. <laughs> I need to put the magnet. Who knows? If he just gets mad, if he farts and has just a little shark, he might kill everybody around him. You don't know. It's, or at the very least, like, I mean, in this technology, and this is, so to be fair, and I, I realize that I am, I'm doing some real white knighting for these black hole stuff. Uh, the, the next movie is concerned with people who try to figure out how to take powers away from people, mm-hmm. which is like the solution. Yep. You know, like he, Xavier doesn't need to be locked up. He doesn't need to die. He can't have these powers. What can yeah. any man do with this much power? We don't need to know. Kanye, uh, Kanye, can you Kanye shut up for a second. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And I, I mean, yeah. again, like I say that, like, it's just scary. Like, it's just frightening. Like I've never, I'm, I'm not actually on the MRA side of this whole thing. Like I'm not, I don't yeah. actually think you should kill Xavier or lock him up or anything, but like, Hey, we need really need to come to like some agreements. Like we need to, there needs to be a lot more transparency. We need to talk about this. Like if you have somebody that can literally kill the world, we probably need to have a conversation with them. And yeah, yeah, that's absolutely. just kind of a, a thing. But as he's about to, as the president is about to start, uh, you know, giving his speech, he gets all the way to, um, you know, the classic opening line and then Xavier freezes everything. And I can only assume like Kurt just really, really quickly teleports everybody into, into their cool spots because everyone's standing in really, really cool spots. It's, 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 a, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit, uh, necessary and kind of gives him this speech mm-hmm. uh, at this point, kind of saying like, "Hey, Stryker did this. This is all self defense. Here's the files. He was working on your nose." Um, it's a little quick. I don't know that the the you know the president would then be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you know that's fine." Not I think that there would still Scott be... is openly weeping in the back row, <laughs> like he's just it's crying just, his ass like, out. They couldn't, they couldn't, they, why does he have to make it appear? It's important that we appear as a team, Scott. But <laughs> yeah. can't I have fucking no, one no. minute? What you don't see is that um, they're all missing Gene's funeral. <laughs> no, they, no, they go right there. They're like, something's happening in Washington. Like, immediately. Like, we have to get, like, Zebra says, like, we have to get to Washington. Um, so they just, like, fly the jet here, and it's just like, let Scott stay in the car and cry. You know? Like, it's so it's so cruel. Um, but they just kind of say, like, hey, we're going to be watching, you know, whatever you do. It's kind of, like, has an air of a little bit of a threat. Uh, you know, Nightcrawler sees him, kind of gives him a coquettish wave. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, hey! Hey, you remember me? I stabbed you. Um, very, very weird. Very strange. Uh, yeah, this yeah. this is all really weird. But it works. And, like, the yeah. president, like, okay, I get it. And then, like, kind of alters his speech, like, midway through. Um, and then we're back at the mansion where Xavier is kind of being condescending about Gene to, you know, Scott and Wolverine, who are both very upset about this. And, like, man... If I was Scott, fuck you. Why are you here, Wolverine? Like, my wife yeah, just died. Just, fuck my wife. off. Like, why are yeah. you here? Like, me and my mentor, my father figure, yeah. who I'm pretty sure molested my wife a couple of times, like, telepathically, <laughs> are having a conversation. Wolverine, why yeah. are you here? And then yeah. right after this meeting, Wolverine is like, she did make a choice, and she chose you. Like, I would have fucking slugged the guy on that one, man. Like, That would have been a good ending for it, too. Like a, or like a good ending for the scene, you know, just like, fuck you. Or, or just a good ending for Wolverine, since he's punched yeah. into oblivion. Yeah. Just, <laughs> um, what happened to yeah. Wolverine? Scott punched him and he disappeared. It'd be like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, he got, he got blasted. Um, Xavier feels kind of a presence, you know, yeah. um, and uh, he's teaching a class. Uh, he's teaching the Once and Future King. It's kind of a callback and foreshadowing to Magneto being the villain in the third movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, back to Alkali Lake, we see the Phoenix symbol. And then they do the uh, the same thing from the intro from the first movie, the same uh, DNA, you know, mutation, like that kind of thing. Except yeah. that Phoenix is saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's it. 
That's it. No post-credit sequence because, goddamn, am I glad that there's no post-sequence. I hate post-credit sequences nowadays, dude. Like, I just can't stand them. Like, they're, they're I nice little teeth. I love them at teeth. first, and now they're, like, like weird obligations. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I don't... Yeah. Like, have you, when's the last time you went to the movies with somebody, and they were like, well, no, no, we have to wait. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, God, please, I have to pee, and I gotta get out of here. Yeah. Um, it's a... I just need to... It's even so... They've become so meta that they even now put them... Uh, I watched Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently and there's two of them there's two there's like one them, yeah there's one after like the produced there's always like in movies it's weird because there's like the produced credit sequence credits mm-hmm. and then the actual like black and white boring credits and there's a post-credit sequence a- after both of them yeah and i did not bother uh, waiting through like the 14 minute credit sequence to hear like that he met somebody else or something like <laughs> yeah who's going to be in another one of these movies like yeah. the, it is the first one is astounding like the iron man one that is the first time they did that, and I it blew my mind because it was them announcing there's going to be an Avengers movie. Yeah, you know, absolutely. essentially, and it, it was just it was incredible. And Samuel Jackson as you know, as Nick Fury, Nick, Nick Fury yeah. the first movie that like it's so good. And then they've just gotten progressively like dumber and cagier and more annoying. I'm with you there. Um, what's not dumb, cagier, annoying is X Men Two. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. I, this I think movie's we, great. I don't know if we need to go into it too much more, but like, no, it is I'd, so yeah. fucking good. I have I had such a great time watching it, even again, like even like taking a bunch of notes during it and just having a good time. Like that was it was still a, a fun watch. Like I could probably I said this at the beginning, I can watch this movie once a month. Like it's it's just a fun yeah. watch. It's not yep. it doesn't really get bogged down in itself too much. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, you mentioned it earlier with the exposition. Like there's not a lot of um, villains shouting out their plans towards the heroes where nobody does anything. Which is, I think, is a kind of a you know, this is kind of what the X Men turns into at some point. So, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I am all about this movie, and uh, man, I could not fucking wait to see what they were going to do with the Phoenix and X Men Three. Like, I was just yeah. so excited. I walked out of this theater fucking excited, like just babbling to my friends about the Phoenix Force and the Dark Phoenix and everything. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I think that's probably about a good wrap up. Yeah. Um, if you, uh, so we'll be doing another uh, after this is our mailbag episode. Um, yes. At the time you are hearing this, because we'll record that mailbag episode probably not too long before it comes out, actually. Mm-hmm. So at the time you're hearing this, there's still time, I think. Yes, Is that correct? absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because we'll uh, uh, when this comes out, I'll do my first and last, like, or not my first, but I'll do a last huge big push to get everything in. So if you're listening to this, you can still have time. Go to um, daysoffuturecast.com. There's a link there for contacts, or and you can hit us yep. up on Facebook or Twitter or any of that. That has that website has all of the links that you would need to find us anywhere. Um, you can also email us um, at dofcpodcast at gmail.com or Gary, you have a an email address too. Um, you can do uh, Gary at duckfeed.tv. Gary at duckfeed.tv. Um, yeah, good. send us anything that you want to regarding this movie, season two of the animated series, X-Men in general, personal sexual habits, um, social security numbers. Basically ask whatever questions, anything is on the table. Uh, yeah. Yeah, anything and everything. I Where can you be found on Twitter? Uh, at Gary Ba, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. And I'm at J.G. Greer. Special thank you to the Patreons out there at patreon.com slash duckfeedtv for making this mm-hmm. show and all of the other shows possible. Be sure to check out all the other shows at TV. The newest one is File Underwater, which mm-hmm. is kind of blowing my little mind. I thought, I've really thought REM just made two songs <laughs> and that oh. I heard both <laughs> yeah. of them. thought I was uh, it. <laughs> I thought they were like of a two hit wonder, but no, nope, nope. Multiple, <laughs> multiple hits. They are, they're a long and storied band. 
Um, uh-huh. Yeah, we we uh, we're really excited about that show. Um, and really, um, if you, I, I feel like most people who listen to this probably listen to other duck feed shows. But if not, um, I'm really proud of the work we're doing right now, and I think that it is a a good time to kind of di- diversify. I understand there is a limited number of hours in the day, uh, so you, you know, and, and people can't listen to podcasts. But check them out. You know, maybe you can't listen to all like fucking 36 hours of content we put out a month, but uh, you can, uh, you know, dip your toes in that stuff. And uh, ratings, reviews, that kind of stuff is all very helpful and sweet of you. Agreed. Thank you, and we will see you next time for our mailbag episode. Mombasa. Mombasa. Um, I'm going to go get uh, refill my coffee.